Okay. So continuing our fifth year anniversary interviews, today we have Drew, who plays Creval with us, plus a bunch of other crazy critters. Yes, uh, you've heard me play a occasional tabaxi paladin known as Black Crispin, a, another dragonborn, shocker, a uh, heskin, and then most notably recently, I am the proud owner of Burnt Spoon. Yes, so quite quite a uh, cast of characters there, and uh, interestingly enough, you mentioned Dragonborn several times, which is kind of fun because I didn't plan on putting Dragonborn in this particular adventure, and then everybody turned their characters in, and um, Matt turned in a uh, Tifling, and you turned in a Dragonborn. I'm like, okay, I guess we're including those as well, and then I had to come up with a reason and location that those particular uh, races would appear in the campaign and in your case open up a whole new avenue there we uh, uh invented the barbarians of the mountains which was kind of fun yeah uh it was, it was this is our first podcast our first campaign and uh being uh totally unaware and ignorant of how or not how but what could come up I, there were questions that should have been asked that weren't like <laughs> what races are in your world um at that time i was very much into dragonborns um when the campaign started, I think it was right when the Godzilla movies were being released, and I was very much into those movies. So I saw Dragonborn, like, I want to make a little mini Godzilla. And that's, so I was hooked on that for a while. Nice. But again, I didn't ask if you were going to have Dragonborn. You're like, I don't have Dragonborn. Oh. Well, you know, and I didn't actually lay down any guidelines. Like, you can't, these are the approved races, these ones are not. So, uh, but it did make it kind of fun because, you know, I'd pl- I made a place for the halflings. Mm-hmm. I'd made a place for the uh, half elves. I'd made a place for the dwarves and the humans to be. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, well, yeah, I better come up with a place for the dragonborn to be. And especially considering the backstory that you gave me, which was nothing. Exactly. So not a lot to go on there. Yeah, but that, that kind of played into it. Because if I, if I had created a backstory, I don't mean to use this as an excuse, but if I had created a backstory it would have been a forced iteration into your world. At least with this true, way, true. you were able to control in its entirety where these Dragonborn came from. Yeah, and basically uh, it was wonderful in that regard in that it was a blank canvas and we could just make up whatever we wanted to at that point in time. Mm-hmm. So we came up with the Dragonborn of the Mountains and how they um, go and camp in the lower part of the mountains during the winter time because the high reaches are are too uh too extreme and then they move up to the upper reaches in the summertime leaving their crops behind to uh to ripen in the sunshine and then they come back down the hill uh, after hunting and, and gathering up in the high pastures and then uh you know, harvest the crops that they do have in w- winter over overnight, which also made for a uh, nice plot device in that their crops failed because of all of the troubles that were happening in the in the world that you inhabited. So uh, it was kind of fun. Although, and you know, we'll probably notice that I'm saying we because you and I collaborated on a lot of this, although sometimes unintentionally. <laughs> yeah, um, that was a uh, quite creative. I, I remember. Uh, just starting out at the level one, I had the hardest time naming this character because we went with that Celtic theme mm-hmm. and nothing I found just, just nothing I found sounded good. And it was a little complex. If anyone ever looked at that language, you can see what I mean. So I finally found, um, I found, I was going through my folder. I found the name I initially picked and then, um, 
if it didn't fit what you were looking for, then we and somehow we ended up with I don't even know how, but we ended up with Gurnball. Mm-hmm. So that's that's like okay, fine, Gurnball it is. And um it's okay and then it's this mysterious figure that walks through a doorway that blocks said doorway and he's you know, not thankfully with with Matt playing no one, I wasn't the only freak in the room. Mm-hmm. But it, I didn't realize until we started playing. I'm like, wow, I'm really the standout person here. Well, and especially I, with the other three uh, players choosing half elves, although one turned out to be a half drow. But yeah, outwardly, you know, half elves, and then and then two crazy characters. That too, and then you know, later on, we were talking about what our characters look like, and I was like, how tall is everybody? And you know, you know, Jesse's like, my character's barely five foot, and then Matt's like, yeah, I think I'm like five six, and then Bryce and Owen are, yeah, about that. So I'm like, oh great, so I'm like a foot taller than everybody, and visually, it's like, it's like looking like a spike on an EKG or something. It's like you know, normal, normal, freak, normal, normal, normal. <laughs> it, it's like that class photo with the one kid that was held back a year. Yeah, yeah. And then, so it, it kind of, it, I never really thought about it much, but uh, just just the visual that has always cracked me up when I want to think about it, just like these four people sitting around, it's, you know, kind of even, kind of even, and then there it is, you know. Yep. One of these things is not like the others. In so many ways, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I do got to say, uh, we had a great collaboration throughout the last five years in making this race, because, mm-hmm. you know, I came up with the basic bones of it, but then you would like flesh and details. Mm-hmm. And, and actually, I, I kind of did that with all the characters, but especially with yours, um, you know, where you would you would text me and say, I think the uh, Dragonborn would do this. And we're like, yes. And although there was a couple of times when we were in here in in the room playing the game, and you were telling people, oh, and the Dragonborn do this and this. And I'm like, yes, they do that. Yes, we talked about that. Yes, that, I, we totally, totally went over this earlier. Yes, this yeah, is what I, Dragonborn are like. If and, someone were to ask me what those moments were, I couldn't even tell when I went off the rails. And that's exactly what it was, was going up a creative rail there for half a second. Um, but when you see, you know, when we first even heard about it was in the Galchabor's Tower. Mm-hmm, about mm-hmm. the barbarians in the mountains. And that was the first time I kind of had an idea of what you were going to do with my character. Um. But when we finally got up there, and you know, it came really apparent, like basically we had a tribe in the mountains and not a lot of back to that. So, it, it, I, you know, took liberties where I probably shouldn't have. But like I said, thankfully it worked really well. I think. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the funniest part was, um, and we're skipping way ahead at this point in time. Um, you know, I decided that you, you know, you would give me a character that had amnesia. Mm-hmm. So I'd written a whole backstory for him. Basically, he was the the war leader of his clan. Um, due to some political subterfuge, one of the other clans had kidnapped him and left him on the side of the road dead, thinking he was, you know, dead and gone. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, if he, would, if he ever returned, he, he would be reinstated to his former um, station as, as the war leader there. And, um, you know, you, were, you texted me, it's like, oh, you know, what if I go back and, and uh, you know, I'm actually, you know, have this and this and this going on. And I just texted back, shh, no, you're not supposed to know that yet. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't jumped in on you, but we were thinking in the exact same direction. It was hilarious. I, I know in that time frame, ironically, I was, uh, when I was sending some of those texts, I was actually in the mountains of uh, Plumas County. So that's where I started thinking about some of the stuff. And I was, uh, a lot of things went along about that time. I started seeing things on like YouTube about Maori cultures and whatnot. And then, uh, yeah, I guess I don't know if you were seeing the same things or not, but it's just it just seemed like that'd be really great to inter- to make his scars mean something, and it'd be really great if this worked and if that worked, and so just play it back and forth, and it was pretty well, or it worked pretty well rather. 
yeah, it was a pretty pretty fertile um, pretty fertile collaboration there. It was a lot of fun. But anyways, um, so we started out with then Gernval mm-hmm. um, being a uh, a fighter, a, a, a well a fighter, but also a guard on a um, caravan. Um, you know, it kind of seemed like a, a likely thing that someone who was lost would kick around until he found that you know his his uh, martial prowess would uh, get him a, a job there. And uh, you know what what uh, except the carnival would pick up a bunch of freaks to uh, yeah. to uh, be on board. But then he was getting laid off. So what was going through your mind very first thing when we started this whole thing and we basically made all of you rootless? So. When I first made the character, he was meant to be a fighter Eldritch Knight. So I actually made his intelligence a little higher. And this is back this is back when we first had more players, too. So the character made a lot more sense then. Um, but I was like, okay, well, if I gave a, bl- a blank sheet to you and said, well, how give him amnesia? It's like, well, how did he get into magic and all that? So I had a little, I had a little bit of a backstory, but it was more of the after of the after waking up. And he had a the person that got him involved with the caravan was a Eldritch Knight himself. That so he basically when that person died because he was the person that you know rescued him, brought him back to health, taught him this combat style. He um he would just inherit that abilities. But when we reformed the group and it it, it shrank down a little bit, my character began to feel really redundant. Um, Bryce was playing a paladin and he had, he was tanking like a champ. Um, Matt uh, was really just laying it down as that secondary melee. Jesse was doing, was finding her feet as the range attacker. We had our nuker. The only thing we didn't have was a cleric or a healer. Mm-hmm. So I broached it. By this point, we were, uh, level two, I think. Yeah. Cause we were about to, uh, deal with the torque issue. Mm-hmm. So when he leveled up again, I, you know, we, we talked with Bryce on the side and we made him a cleric of a... Uh, Dianect at the time? That, uh, Dianect, I was trying to remember yeah. that. So, it, and then it, it, I kind of felt like I had a better a better um, fit, even if I was a couple levels behind. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, so you started out there, you're, you're jumping ahead a little bit here. Oh, sorry. And um, you got, uh, you were laid off, you're sent to... Uh, to Lowford, mm-hmm. thinking there might be jobs. That was the nearest town nearby when you got laid off. That's and right. You, you end uh, up being formed up into a militia. And yeah. what, what was your first thought when you were, when all the characters got to meet for that very first time and were, were you know, gone and and uh, and uh, sent to be militia members together? Um, not having any idea what anybody had because when I sat down to play for the first time, I did not know Jesse at all. I barely knew Matt, and but I kind of knew Bryson Owen a little bit more, and you, of course. I had no idea what anybody was. I had no idea who was doing what, so uh, it was very awkward <laughs> and uh, unsure about everyone's play style still. So when we're doing this as, militia... As just about everybody else, so yeah. I, I guess it kind of fit with people being, just being slammed together and yeah. made a unit. So I figured, okay, I have, you know, at that time I was using a shield and a... Uh, like a morning star or something. I was like, okay, I'll just, I'm going to be the the wall and let everyone kind of figure out what everyone does around that. So that's what I was going to do. And then it, it kind of worked for a little while, but I was like, man, this is, this is, this is awkward. Yep, <laughs> Spe- yep. Especially because level one, level one just sucks. <laughs> level one is horrible. Well, level. The, the hilarious Worst level one the was, was that, fr- that first fight and people was were that going, the wolves? You know, the wolves yeah. and, and people were going down and, oh. 
Bryce was the only healer, you know, with one point here with Alistair and yeah, one point here. Yeah, he'd just give everyone one point to get him back up and running instead of you know all five. And I remember him exclaiming, "Come on, guys! I only get five of these yeah. a day." Looking back on it, I think we should send a letter of thank you that to Wizards of the Coast that they didn't do something else or work. If you use it, it has to be five points at a time because yeah. that one point kept the kept the party going. He was able, he was able to bring up several people yeah. um, with that one. Uh, but anyways, so but you survived your initial encounters and then were like heroes of the town and got sent off to Waterfall City and uh, were told to come back tomorrow. And I remember you actually uh, slipped a couple of gold pieces to the uh, the uh, scribe to get your name moved up on the list there. Yeah. Uh, and, the I, and I think the reason I had gold was just because of the the background that you know that gives you x amount mm-hmm, of stuff yep. and they happen to give 10 gold because i don't think we had any m- real money at that time yeah in fact you didn't have money for most of the beginning part of yeah. that the, the encounter we were sleeping outside a lot and, mm-hmm. and well and actually that was kind of by design though um mm-hmm. as i've admitted to everybody else it's like the way i set this whole adventure up the very first half of the adventure everything was going to go wrong for you guys you know bad things were going to happen things when you try to do something things would fail um, or have the opposite effect, and um, then, um, you know, people that you knew would die, it would just, you know, everything would go downhill. It wasn't until you, the characters actually turned things around in the second half that things would start going right for you for a change. And uh, so the, part of that was that, you know, you had very little funds, and, and that was kind of fun. Uh, sometimes you, there was several times there where you guys were all scraping together just enough to, like, buy passage to the next town yep. or buy that next little piece of equipment that uh, would make a difference, yeah. That, that was another big thing that would differ is, um, I, I don't know if anyone's picked up on or maybe they've forgotten, but this is a very low magic campaign. Um, not yes, count, not yes. counting spells, mm-hmm. I mean item-wise. Um, well, the, the entire feel, you know, it was, it was a low magic campaign to begin with. And so the whole feel is, you know, the magic is really rare and unusual. So mm-hmm. finding a magic item is a major event. Yeah. So when we started getting magical items, it was pretty interesting. Cause I'm like, I remember I want, I, the sword that I eventually would give Bryce, I really wanted that. Cause I've always loved like that item in the mm-hmm. game and things, but I know, but as a, as a person at dungeon masters myself, if you give out too many magic items, you can completely overload your game. Yep. And yeah. I, I had that happen with the first time, so I, I saw why you're doing. Well, it. we we just had that happen in the very last yeah. encounter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, with the other you know, dragonborn. Yeah, the uh, magical plate mail kept you from getting critted one time, which might have made a huge difference. Well, actually, even just the AC of the the plate mail made a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And then that Anstruth harp um, made which, a huge <laughs> huge difference in the whole thing. That that uh, totally wiped out I, uh, one half of the uh, the foes. Pretty much. Just, I didn't give that harp enough credit because when yeah. I dove through. Uh, if, Spoiler, but when I dove through that to do what I wanted to do for my nest, I call my nest mate, Mm -hmm. but for the druid, I didn't realize just how much damage I would take. um, That literally took about two thirds of my hit points diving through that. And I was like, oh, that was a bad idea. I mean, in my mind, it looks great. But as a player, I'm like, I almost killed myself (laughs) with that decision. Yep. But yeah, so yeah, if you give uh, players too many items too soon, mm-hmm. and, and actually that was one of the big problems in third edition, um, it, be- it rapidly became the MO for a party to go on their very first encounter, you know, m- you know, adventure. And um, when they got done with that, come back, pool all of their resources 
and load one of the characters up with as many magic items as they could afford in, mm-hmm. in the next town because you know in third edition they were much more available mm-hmm. and then that one character would just wipe out encounters coming mm-hmm. up because they were just you know they're basically levels above their ability with all the magic items and then you know by you know k walking through then they could go and load everybody up and then yeah. it's just a mess one of the things that uh ended up occurring with my character and i don't know i'm kind of jumping ahead again but um with how with your storytelling and the way we progressed gernval into Krival and the war leader thing is that i was looking at it and it's like i don't have a lot of magic items like I think I'm the only person that is still using the very first magic item they ever got in the game. And I still mm-hmm. use yeah, it. Yeah. Which is that dagger of warning. Yeah. I have that. I have the bag and I have the glaive. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. And my gauntlets. Yeah. Those are the only things I use. Every time I get a magic item, I end up giving it to somebody else because it, it, it just kind of goes in line with the character and what he does. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Especially as a barbarian, he just doesn't need much, but his own toughness. Yeah. Right. But even, even once I got rid of the, we even got into what I did in the future future i still play that way mm-hmm. and it, it just because the idea of overloading my character it just doesn't make sense yeah very good anyway so back to waterfall city you're, you're all in waterfall city you meet with the barons you have a huge fight with fungal zombies and you uh have to go and those were interesting by the yeah. way glad you liked them yeah um I, I, you know i came up with the idea of the fungus overtaking um you know people and then that led to the idea of, okay, well, how did the fungus get there? And it's like, oh, there's some sort of, you know, m- you know, contraband item that, uh, that has been, you know, poisoned by these, uh, by these fungus bodies. Uh, and, uh, okay, well, that leads to the, the trade of this thing. And that just led the whole plot line to mm-hmm. come through. Uh, but it was, it was also kind of fun as, as you guys are fighting and you're slashing into these things and they're bleeding and you're like, oh, wait, these aren't zombies. Yeah. And I remember thinking that because I was like, oh, okay, uh, you know, I, I don't think, I didn't have the cleric ability yet, so I don't think, but I was like, okay, well, at least if, uh, you know, if Bryce wants to smite, he'll do extra damage or something like that, because I know Paladin's going to do that, but it's like, there's they're bleeding. I'm like, what do you mean they're bleeding? <laughs> and that, that was totally, totally thrown on what was going on. I mean, it, actually, if I look back at it, I still don't completely understand the spores and all that, but it wasn't until the story progressed much further, I'm like, okay. Well, one thing leads to another, and it's like things are kind of tying in. I'm, when I have a feeling that, at least for a lot of the players, and probably in myself too, I know when by the time we hit the final, final like reveal where everything's at, we're all gonna be like, "Oh, this all makes so much more sense now." You know, the spore druids, the the torque, the everything is just gonna tie in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, well, actually, in, in in a lot of cases, it's um, the law of unintended consequences. Where you start a, a you know a pebble rolling down a cliff and then it starts kicking up other pebbles and pretty mm-hmm. soon you've got an avalanche, and you guys were definitely caught in an avalanche uh, oh, yeah. at the beginning. But uh, anyway, so you you were uh, asked to be um, ambassadors to the next barony to stop the torque trade. But before you could go, you actually got a quiet night to sit down and actually talk to each other. And and uh, I, r- I remember you know s- saying to everyone, it's like, and you've you've th- you realize you've never really had a chance to meet each other. That was and like pulling teeth. Yes. Then then I went into a, a, a mental inventory of the super secret, dark and mysterious backgrounds everyone had given me. You know, it's like, you know, Bryce's character, you know, Alistair a, yeah, was actually hotter and, yeah. and run away and didn't want to go back and. And, um, you know, Adri was actually a half drow and, you know, and then, uh, um, with, uh, 
no one, you know, he just basically had, you know, this abused backstory where it's like, well, who's going to talk about that anyways? Mm-hmm. And then Arlen, who, you know, seemed to be the, like the least secretive of all the group, you know, his the way he got his powers is just something he didn't want to talk about. And so I'm like, oh, this isn't going to go well. But then you actually kind of drew everybody out and started the conversation. And, and actually, after that, it actually took off. And, you know, there weren't any secrets told, but it still was, yeah. you know, much, much better. At, at least it broke the ice for communication to occur yeah. in some role play. Um, you know, I mean, I, when I looked at Matt's character, obviously there were secrets there. I didn't think Bryce had any secrets. I just figured he just didn't want to talk about it or he was, you know, being guarded like, you know, Mr. Macho. Jesse's character kind of was already intriguing because of the makeup and the heavy duty wrapping, which mm-hmm, I couldn't mm-hmm. quite figure that out. And honestly, the entire time that Bryce or not Bryce, I'm sorry, Owen has played Arlen, even to this day, as powerful as he is, if, if I were to give him like an it, give the people an image of what Arlen is to me, if you ever see those old fashioned clocks of cats with the tail that tick tocks, mm, yeah. the eyes go left to right. That's how I see Arlen throughout the entire time. Is he's always just that guy quietly looking left to right of what's about to happen and then like oh god i'm about to fall down again aren't i <laughs> and uh yeah so uh just i just wanted to because matt had played with all of us jesse had never played with us bryce and owen were still you pretty you were still youngish we were all very conscientious about the fact that we were being recorded actually to the point where we re-recorded our first episode yeah. just because everybody was so tight we're like yeah. okay guys come on let's just have some fun right and that kind of really kind of you know broke the uh, the ice there as well. And, and and the second time we recorded the first episode, it was so much better. I, I think that ep- that part I don't I'd have to go back and listen to that episode. But that part there, when I finally got people to start talking, I, I gave up trying to be Gurnval and I just decided to be me. Yeah. Because I didn't know what Gurnval was. Mm-hmm. Yet, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it took me a long time. I mean, that's really sad to say. The person playing the character I had no idea what the character was. Well, sometimes you discover them as you yeah. go along. So I just like, how would I do this? And then I just start talking. <laughs> yeah. So and I, I think the episode came out pretty well. People were at least at least by the time we were done for the next encounter, everyone kind of relaxed a little bit at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it, it broke the ice there. Yeah. Um, but then you went off to the next door neighbor barony to be ambassadors, and you met Robin Hood. And he was a really good guy, wasn't he? Yeah. <sighs> He took from the rich, gave to the poor. He seemed like it. Um, I know that it, it's. I smelt something fishy there, as the term goes. I mean, it, I was not sold on him being a good guy. That's why we, I know a couple episodes later, we were in there actually investigating, and it just looked like what he said was true. So by the time we did what we did, we felt like we had picked the right path, and we'd be wrong. Because, but we were at that moment, it wasn't that we were like just, you know, we we're being murder hobos. We legitimately thought, because I remember talking about it with the group here at the table, and we really thought that what he was saying was the truth. Yeah. But at the same time, none of us thought to do things like insight check. Mm-hmm. But so. it, it's like so often in politics, um, there's so many things where people are telling the quote unquote truth, mm-hmm. but. Really, it's just the truth from their perspective. Yeah, it's like yeah, this the the his cousin was um, you know a reign of terror on the barony that she was ruling, but at the same time that didn't mean he was a good guy, mm-hmm. and that didn't mean that he had any right to rule in, in her stead. Right. So. And uh, well, and you know, karma got him in the end anyway. Yeah. I remember. I remember. I think it was right around. It was right on before we attacked, or right around after we attacked. Um, I finally asked everybody because Gurnval being the tallest freak, on, freak that's there, 
I said, why am I the one that's always the talk? You know, why am I always being the one that has to talk to everybody? Which is hilarious because you you had not the best charisma. No, I hadn't. I mean, I had, I had no charisma. I, I have no talking skills in terms of character or what. And I looked. At, I remember looking at everyone. I was like, why are you guys making me the leader? I have the lowest charisma, and oh, one just barks back because you're the how you're the player with the highest charisma. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, jeez, guys, that's a horrible decision. Yes. <laughs> and it was right about that time that, and at that time, I think that's why he moved eventually. But Owen was sitting, or not Owen, Bryce was sitting on my left. So what I thought it was time for Bryce to speak, I would jab him mm-hmm. and make him make a sound so you would call on him so he would have to talk because I can't, I didn't feel it didn't feel right. Well, it was interesting what happened is, you know, once we went into the COVID break and we were all <sighs> um, going and, um, and uh, zooming in on a, a Zoom conference. Um, Everybody had to mute their mics. It really, really, really stifled interaction. Yeah. And um, it was very interesting to see that Bryce all of a sudden became the spokesperson for the group. And uh, because, you know, he was here in the room with me and his sister and sometimes his brother and, uh, you know, did not have to mute the microphone. And so he actually kind of stepped up to the plate and, you know, and and, uh, did that. Which was good. Um, his character and the way he designed it with his backstory and everything makes him the perfect person to follow an inadvertent uh, evolution that the old person that didn't want to draw attention to himself being forced to evolve into the leader that he was literally bred into possibly yeah, yeah. becoming. Yeah, his, his character should have been the face man. But yeah, so, um, well, it was kind of fun to see what would happen with everybody's evolution of their characters as we went along. Um, and, but anyway, so you, uh, yeah, you got, you got in with Robin Hood. He mm-hmm. convinced you all to go and depose his cousin, which really isn't the job of ambassadors, which we no. pointed out to you when he got back to Waterfall City, but that's, a, that was another that, hilarious that, thing. That, that should have, that could have, should have probably created much more problems for us than it did. And the only thing the reason I can think it didn't is because even the guy that even Robin realized I need to keep this on the down low, so we're yeah. just going to let these guys walk. <laughs> well, I mean, basically, he used you for what he wanted you to Muscle. do, and then gave you some pretty presents and kicked you out the door. Uh, but yeah, when when you all of a sudden you realize, actually, I think you all realized that something was up when you started attacking the Baroness in uh, in the, the, that final battle, right? And she just hid behind her throne, and I, I remember especially Adri was just like what why why you know th- is this the big bad she's hiding behind the throne mm. and uh then yeah then llewellyn reveals that uh he's actually like 12th in line to the throne and and then you all get shoved out and you're standing there in the deepening rain, rain. um what, what was the feeling going on there at that point in time i, I can't speak for that for but i was like oh no well I, I remember bryce said oops at the yeah. end of that episode it was I have, interesting i have no doubt it was oops. I, I know i was like oh we just got suckered really badly yeah you did yeah really badly i mean it was expertly done but it was like oh man this is and i i knew it too i thought I, at least i felt it I was like this is going to come back and bite us somehow it hasn't yet but i thought it would well it kind of did i mean you end up in an entire war because of that when you think about it uh, i don't know if i would tie that in or not because by the time the war hit it was a different baron i think a second different baron yeah, yeah. It was another baroness had taken over and mm-hmm. you know and uh, uh but then she had to consolidate her power and what better way to do that than to start a conflict with your neighbor barony than everybody's focused on that and not a you know had, what's going on in your town i had given thought because of how fractured everything was being is was uh 
you know, it, behind the mind of Drew, for half a second I was going to approach you about trying to lead the Dragonborn down from the mountains in a raid and take over that town mm. and leave the Dragonborn down there in charge. I was really, especially when I saw a fraction had become and how really bad the city was doing. I was like, "Can I pull that off? Would would Caval do that?" And I, and the last minute, I was like, I don't think I don't think I would do that. I, I didn't think the party would go for it either. So I I never brought it up, but I actually did give that thought to that. But then it turned out that you led the Dragonborn down from the mountains, and, and but it wasn't to take over a city. Yeah. But but uh, well, in a way, it was. I mean, you defeated the the army in the field, which then allowed the barons to put a regent in charge of the city. So yeah, but it, it, but if, not it, directly had I, had directly I, in charge. Yeah, had I taken had I tried to push that and brought them down to directly take that city. Then I would have left somebody in charge for was that Craval by that point? Yes, yes. For Craval to come back as the lord of that city. Yeah. But as the character has matured, I realize he that's not what he wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Well, sometimes it's not what you want. I mean, like like they said in well, Dune, you know, it's like you you see what kind of leader people are when it's thrust upon yeah, them. I'm about to say that this is the party. Um, most par- some people make parties because we're going to become the best adventurers in the land. This is the opposite. This is the party that doesn't want anything to do with this that got thrust into this. Yes. Yeah. Which makes an interesting story. Yeah. Well, it's it's like uh, it's like Bilbo said in Lord of the Rings. He said it's a dangerous thing stepping outside of your uh, your own door because every uh, road is like a stream leading to a great river, and if you're not careful, you lose your feet and get swept off to somewhere you didn't know. There's. I find myself trying to, you know, but I think as every player should do at some point, you should have at least one or two players that does. I try to trying to second guess where I think you'll go with the story. And there's there's one avenue that I see my for myself that where I would push you or at least push the Dragonborn Nation a different a slightly different direction leading into the end, but it hasn't come up, so I'm still not sure if I'm going to do it or not. Interesting. Well, we'll see what happens when we get there. If we get there, yeah. Um, anyway, so um, you were betrayed by Llewellyn out mm-hmm. in the rain, and you had to go up to uh, the monastery that. Uh, Which was interesting. Alistair that, trained that was yeah exactly. I, I actually liked that. I was like, oh, we learned a little bit of Alistair. And uh, nope, didn't learn anything about Alistair. <laughs> Surprise! That was uh, that was our first real clue of I think the entire story. It wasn't it wasn't the taking over by accident? It wasn't the wolves, but that location and what had happened to it was the first real hint of what was to come. Yeah, thing, like I said, thing, everything was going to go wrong for you. And in this case, you know, we run up there and oh my gosh, the mo- uh, monasteries have all been raided yeah. by undead. Mm-hmm. And as actually, as a matter of fact, I remember by the time we were done with that, we didn't even clear the entire monastery, so we left that flame skull there. Yeah, when it when it reformed, yeah. Yeah. So I, 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 as a person or the player, I knew that it would come back, but as a character, I you know I can't say I wouldn't have known that, but I'm like, oof, <laughs> someone's in for a nasty surprise when they go back there. Well, that was that was fun because it was just out of the frying pan into the fire constantly because you you took down the flame skull and then. I think we took a long rest in the yeah, kitchen. It, well, in in the foyer of, yeah. of that that house, the abbot's house, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the night, you know, green light comes from under the door, and you realize, oh my gosh, it's back! And then, so you fled out into the courtyard, mm-hmm. only to be attacked by shadows. Yeah, which was hilarious. Um, that was also and that was where Adri did her first tick. Yes, with the dancing lights. Yes, that that, that uh, I think only you maybe actually noticed that because I've been asking the other players. I don't think anybody else noticed. Um, or, or they just chalked it up to, oh, I guess monks get dancing light, I guess, uh, you know. No, and it, this is where it's like, I know that, I know a lot of people, their dungeon masters are very grateful for the fact that their players are just casual players. Um, it sucks for me sometimes and because 
that's because my brain works this way that I remember a lot of little, some details. So when Dancing Lights came out, I'm like, I think at this point we had enough levels to do that. I said, you see, it took a feat to do that or something else is going on. But the, I can honestly say I did not connect it to Drow. I just knew she had something else going on. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know what it was. Yeah, well, that and like her secretive putting on makeup and and wrapping up and covering up and yeah, all that it, stuff. It, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. Um, I, I don't know what everyone else was thinking, and I, I don't even know if Matt knew. Um, but it was just like you know, red flag after red flag after red flag, and there was there became a point where I was like, okay, I, there's just no way I can ignore this anymore. And it was when we went to the uh, the swampy area mm-hmm. before she fell on the bridge. She went to go. Um, touch up and I was like I even said it Kraval's gonna follow her because I knew something was going on yep. I said, I, and I was tired trying to figure it out but you're like you oh, know that's it I was like you know it's not really proper to send the other like when I thought about it, that was the first time I actually went against you like you literally said he's from the mountains he wouldn't care <laughs> he really would not care something's not right yeah. in his war party he would not care well, actually at the point where we, we weren't even war party yet but but I, I ended up backing down from that and then a couple episodes later down the bridge. Yeah, went. because the big reveal was coming in just a couple of episodes, yeah. so I didn't want you screwing it up at that point in time. Yeah. Um, as, as I told everybody else, when everyone gave me their backstories almost six years ago, I actually wrote up where their backstory would, would appear. Mm-hmm. And um, then was just a question of waiting till we got around to that point. And, you know, in, in the case of like Matt, it took five years to get there. So, yeah. Um, you with you actually we'll get to that in a bit it was a little a little sooner Arlen was the very first one there mm-hmm. um, but anyways before I we liked get Arlen to, I thought Arlen was, was properly spooky okay good you know, we'll, we'll get to that in just a minute so uh, before that though almost almost to that point um, you had to flee back after the monastery with mummy rot uh, trying to kill you and Alistair and uh, you made it in time and then that, that a little side thing that moment and then the moment when we fought the fungal people the first time mm-hmm. outside the tavern were the first two times that I think this table w- broke. And I know it was my fault. And I know it was Matt's fault. Um, and it was, I forget who, who else was infected with the rot. Cause it wasn't just, it, me. it was you and Alistair. Yeah. yeah Alistair, because and I, I didn't mean to do it, but Matt said something silly and I don't know why it struck me so funny, but, I, but if you go back and listen, cause you, I remember you made note of this. There's a, a good two minutes where we're not doing anything because I'm laughing too hard to continue. Yes. The mummy rot part was great because even, even Bryce got in it. We started just making poor Matt the butt of our jokes. And it wasn't that you were doing it on purpose, but you would say something like, well, I'm here to, help break the curse and i couldn't help myself i pointed i was like yeah he's right there his name's no one and i would just fall out again i mean but those that's what the lockdown you mentioned earlier that's what that took from us was those mm-hmm. moments yes yeah those rich just in, didn't have those chance to do that interaction yeah. it stifled all of that yeah so it was great when we could get back in the same room again uh, but anyway so you got back to waterfall city and you got uh went off to see the wizard in the tower who was either a kook or a uh, powerful magi and you weren't really sure and you showed up and he seems kooky in fact owen said it's yoda and i i did think about it's it like yeah he actually is acting like yoda i know i've done it a couple of times and i know melanie on a re- previous interview melanie said it too i for whatever reason that main character there that, that's the one character that as a player and as a character Kraval does not trust galchabar at all I actually mean, you're not the only one i know but the, i mean as you've from, talk, the, as you've all from talked. the start 
as you've all I talked about it many not, times, no one's I, really yeah, sure about Craval, him. I mean, at first, I don't think I think Craval might have been the first person that did it. Like, I, I, I had no way to test it, but Craval, and I, I find I, I think I really the reason I don't, I don't trust it is because for the Dragonborn, they don't have wizards, mm-hmm. and they barely. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have sorcerers; they have druids. So it's either druids, fighters, or, bar, or bard, barians, and or recently bards. Yep. So I think that's why Craval doesn't trust him. He doesn't trust the magic, and uh, uh, except for. Um, occasionally Jade and uh, Arlen, he he doesn't still do it. He, just, he hasn't been allowed a lot of magic. Yeah. Well, there's not a lot of magic in this world, so it's not like you know yeah. you just go down and there's people casting cantrips in the city square. Right. So yeah, it's, it's pretty rare to come by, and even more rare if you live in the mountains. Right, and then when I started the, uh, and again, side note, don't ever do this to your dungeon master, when I started doing the mental blackouts, mm-hmm. and then... Well, we'll get to that a bit too. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch <laughs> on that, because that was, the first, that was the one time where as a character, I almost went against another character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I really gave thought to it. Which is which is generally disastrous for most parties, so yes. it's a good, good thing you didn't get there. But anyway, so um, you uh, get to meet Galshabar, and he sets you on your way to uh, going out to uh, the Oracle of Umrim Concordia, and you uh, disastrously fail your uh, uh, skills check getting back to the boat to uh, take off and get banned from the city. Um, did you ever think you could get a chance to get back to the city, or did you think you ever need to get back to the city? Um, for me, I didn't. I mean, there's a lot of times I say this, I didn't know because I didn't know where the story was going. Um, it was at that point that being a cleric started really paying off because we had to fashion shoes to walk across the mare. Mm-hmm. And it was at that point I had just finally gotten the levels to begin casting Create Food and Water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think was the only reason we were able to cross the mare. Well, it actually kind of screwed up my whole plan. But, I mean, this is jumping forward to after the uh, Ubrim Concordia. But I had actually had spaced the um, oases out that you could go from one to the other to the other and, and not quite die. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that made it a lot easier. You're just wandering around lost. Yeah. But uh, and that that that's actually that, I think that was the first. Yeah, the, those two combats in those areas was the first time that Noan and Kraval began to be at odds. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because I was I was upset at Matt or don't like Matt. It was because it made sense for the characters being new that there would be missteps in combat. Mm-hmm. The first time was hitting him with my breath weapon because yep. he was in line with the rest of the person. And the next time he was knocked out and I had to wake him up, so I used a cantrip to hit him with it. Mm-hmm. And um, Although that was interesting because he was visited by Dianek yeah, but for I didn't the very know first time. Um, so it was it was interesting how I was able to work that into mm-hmm. the storyline, just taking advantage of that little opening. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you went out uh, to Ubrim Concordia and you got the uh, oracle and they gave you the poem. Mm-hmm. And everybody just kind of started brainstorming about what the poem meant. Uh, what what was your thoughts when you first got that poem? Because obviously it was hideously open ended. It is, but I thought it was a one, and I still do. I think it was a wonderful creative thing that you put into this game. Um, I don't know if I've ever seen. I I, I don't know how everybody else plays their game, but I've never been involved in a game where a a, a poem or a, a prophecy prophecy was given out quite that way. And it was just I said it was a it was a really as a player and a DM dungeon master I was really I still am I think it's a great one of the greatest things you put in the game aside from the journal that you would later do it was it was great and I mean I th- I think we all I think one or two of them we like okay this we're gonna have to look for something like this but the rest of it no clue 
Um, I yeah, was pretty you, sure you had some ideas, but and part of that was that it was supposed to be mysterious and open ended, yeah. and you were going to have glare, to discover the Belfield glare was one I was totally confused on, but I was legitimately really afraid of, and then. I knew we were facing, I mean, I, it just, it, I couldn't see it being any other way other than a fire elemental was that I knew we were going to end up facing a red dragon at some point. I mean, I just knew that, but the rest, it was like, but even, you know, knowing quotation marks, I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been a great way to see how you, because once we do what we do, we're like, okay, well that make, now that makes sense. So. Yeah. And actually the, another fun thing that I slipped in there is as you're heading out to Uber and Concordia, you all got a note in your backpack that you found there the next mm-hmm. day. And sometimes years later, they finally came true because, you know, I kind of planned where, yeah. where you're going to end up. And it's like, oh, this is going to happen. So, yeah, I like that at this point, at least with my character, it seems like the, a lot of the mysteries are gone now. It's mm-hmm. more like it's like we're finishing the evolution of the creation of the Dragonborn and Creval's role in it. Mm-hmm. And um, when I look at your entire world so far, with the, all your little hints and what's how it's been evolved, I want to say, um, and brought forth. It's just it's such a rich little world right now. Yeah. Well, and you guys have all taken a part in uh, in making it that way, too, because everyone yeah. had their little little pieces and parts that they put in there that I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. Let me let me expand on that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so, um, yeah, you, you uh, come out of the Oracle and you find your airship floating away, broken into pieces and a body falls from it. I thought for sure that was Danya. And uh, thought for sure that was her. And actually, Owen did too, and he said he was heartbroken. It's like, oh my gosh, we were the first person we've met, and we just killed him. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you go out there and find zombie feet sticking out yeah. of the ground where it landed, uh, but it still floated away completely out of, out of control. And um, you had to tromp through the desert to get back out. And you, you had you had, knew you had to go to the uh, to the old capital there. And I was really afraid you were just going to like hook a left-hand turn and head back for like, you know, the, the nearest shoreline, which would have been about the same distance, but you know, you knew, you knew you had oases you could go to that way with where it's going straight through, you uh, could have run into anything. Um, and although even with the oases, you had to have a uh, tortoise come and pull your the, that, the I right wanted to ask you that because I don't I don't like peeking behind the curtain too often because it's nice just to see a little it's nice just to enjoy the show for what the mm-hmm. show is but what the heck was the turtle? We only got to wait and see. Okay, I figured not. I figured that's the same answer for what what is the, the fox and what's the. Well, you got to have to wait and see. Exactly, and the guy blackmailing because I oh man, Chris Ball would love to run at that guy. Yeah, well the 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 elf that was um, that set Adri on the on the path initially that was guiding you know sort of poking in the right direction or motivating you to go in the right mm-hmm. direction. Um, the other elves said that they did recall him back to fairy and they'd never see him again. Oh, um, I, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I that, missed that. That, that was, that was when the, when the Royals were, were in town from, okay. from the uh, thing. But, um, you've had suspicions that the, uh, that he might be around still, but you know, you haven't seen him since then. So the, the elves may be as good as their word there. Um, but anyways, so you're going through the desert, um, and, um, then, uh, all of a sudden you come across a shack with a guy with a tiger mask. And I remember looking over at Owen and he's just sitting there almost shaking and, and pale. I don't think he was scared of the situation. He was scared because of the game. He was scared because he realized it was going to be all on him. Yeah. And he admitted, he admitted that when we did our, our, uh, our interview that the last thing he thought was that his backstory would be the first one to come out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just sort of dumb luck, you know, his his backstory. He went and got kidnapped by a guy out in the mare, 
you guys are tromping through the mare. And mm-hmm. so it's like, well, I guess this is when it's going to happen. Um, so yeah, the, the most junior person in the party gets their, uh, their thing there first. And, but then you guys got involved in a fight in the basement where elemental chaos was spread throughout the room and you all had to roll on the wild magic table every time you did anything. Mm-hmm. And everybody's been saying that that was either their first or their second favorite fight of the entire five years. I think, yeah, I would go with that. And it was just because it's fun for all of us to be able to roll on that table. I don't think anything really, really bad happened or anything really great happened. Um, I think the only thing that was really kind of funny was I think at that point, for the first time, Craval got hit by lightning. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, poor Craval. I'm like, I'm okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like, what do you mean you're okay? I made my save and I'm already resistant to lightning. Yes. It tickled. It tickled, yes. <laughs> but the fact that it's like, okay, I, I even as simple as I swing my sword, roll on the table. For swinging a sword? <laughs> yep. <laughs> roll on the table. Anytime you did an action. Yeah, that was really, really fun. Yeah, and uh, and actually, it was interesting though. The the very final thing that happened, Owen rolled and, and got magic missiles and magic mm-hmm. missile the uh, the mad mage down. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of very fitting. But it was. But as Bryce was pointing out, there could have been so many other weird and wacky things that could have happened. Yeah, you know, no one turned into turned... a potted plant. No yeah. one's hair fell out. No one you turned aged blue. Could have aged un-aged. or unaged. Yeah, you could have come out of that thing being thirteen years old. Mm-hmm. You know, so all sorts of fun. Um. But anyway, so you made it out of there and you um, got down to the old capital and you get there and you find, well, actually before you get in there, um, that's when you run into Adri's, not backstory, but her secret. She slipped off the bridge into the water when you got done with the big crocodile fight. You get her back up on dry land and all of her makeup's washed off and you realize that she's a half drow. Mm. Now, and so as a player, not as a character, um, was that, you mentioned that was kind of a surprise. You didn't think there was going to be drow in this, this thing. Yeah. Um, and it's probably foolish looking on now. It was just because as a person, I was like, I've, I've never seen drow in someone's mm. campaign or I see it very rarely. And of course, if I ever do see them, they're the bad guys. So, and, and it never once occurred to me to make a half elf that was a drow. And I thought, well, and I thought, so I got it for, in terms of stepping outside the norm, that was an expert choice by Jesse because it, it's, I don't think anybody saw it coming. Well, she, she admits it was a novice choice by her. She didn't know that the, the drow backstory and, but she's like, wow, goth elves. I want to be a goth elf. And so she approached me about being a half drow. And then, of course there were no half drow in the game. So she and I actually sat down and created that out of whole cloth. But it still makes sense that there would be half yeah. drow. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And, so, uh, yeah, so when that happened, and I know you were, we were still very new to role-playing on, on this podcast, and I know Bryce and Owen had a hard time with it, because you yeah. kind of made it insistent, like, no, you guys are not going to be nice to Adrian because her makeup washed off. Yeah, well, they, they were half-elves, so yeah. their elven parent would have told them all about the uh, elves being turned by Lolf and, and right. descending into wickedness, so, I mean, they probably heard all sorts of boogeyman stories. Yeah, and but and I understand Matt's thing, because Matt was being a tiefling, and I was like, well, Kaval wouldn't care. Because Kraval has no idea what a Kraval, uh, I think the Dragon Board don't have any idea about bl- dark elves mm-hmm. because they're in the mountains, so they wouldn't yeah. really see them. Well, as I said to you at the time, though, even for him, it would have been um, troubling because wait, why is this person that I've been taking on as a boon companion for all this time been hiding something from right. me? You know, there's something suspicious here. But yeah, it, it worked out and, just fine the way it went. And with that decision, that yeah, that would be, that was it. It's like, well, I know how she's treated me before whatever that stuff on her face was comes mm-hmm. off. So it's still the same person. It just, and then that's when he wants his answers. And um, 
and it, eventually we got them. And yeah, of course we were at odds for a little bit and it, it, it role played wonderfully. Yes. It was, it was a great storyline. Yeah. Um, especially with like, um, then no one being suspicious of the rest of the party until Bryce actually went and volunteered to substance substitute himself for Adri when she mm-hmm. got killed. And that kind of brought the party all back together again. Yeah. I had that, by the way. I was totally about ready to bring her right back up. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't know you were gonna cash in. Like, I had forgotten about that. Uh, f- that free one off. Yeah, I, I kept telling you, you guys have one get out of jail free card. And, and, and you know, yeah. and for this thick skull, it never sunk yeah. in. Well, and, and then also, it it didn't probably make a big deal of difference once you got revivify and and could yeah. just pop somebody back up again. Um, like like you said at the time, it's like you know when you get to a certain level in this game, the fear of death isn't quite as stinging as it was before. Yeah. Else. I mean, it's just it's mm-hmm. actually and like you said, which is because we've had to talk about it, you know, not to jump ahead, and but we had to talk about spell components because of the cost of them, mm-hmm. and as we'll, I'm sure we're gonna preach up, that's one of the things that we've had to discuss and probably was discussed. Like, hey, I want to do this, but it costs this, and you don't do this, so how do we make this work? <laughs> but um, like. Um, what is it now? It's not Revivify. So Resur- re- resurrection. Yeah. I think I think that's what I can cast now, or or raise dead. But it's yeah. instead of being like a five uh, or a five hundred dollar gold piece diamond, which in all actuality is expensive. Mm-hmm. Now we're hitting a thousand. Yeah, it's starting to get <laughs> five thousand. Yeah, that's like, although, and it consumes it, so you can only have one shot with it. Oh, although that for um that did lead to one of the really fun role playing moments for me uh, when when you got Revivify and you needed a hundred gold piece uh, diamond in order to, you know, on hand in order to do that. And so you quiz Sinia to see if she, you yeah. know, could do that. And she says, Oh, here, passive, aggr- yeah, passive aggressive guilt. <laughs> and just takes off her necklace. And it's like, you know, Oh yeah. I'm wearing three of those around my neck right yeah. now. It's like, you're kind of, okay. kind of a different regime at this point in time. Yeah, the, the, we're, in, we're not in the mountains anymore. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, anyways, but you got in there and discovered Adri's other secret. She can't get through windows, mm-hmm. which has been an ongoing uh, joke for the rest of the, the party. Like I said, the dice, the dice gods every now and again, just they need a chuckle. So they pick one random player and that's the chuckle. Yeah, they're just going to pick on them. Mm-hmm. And um, then um, you made it in there, although <laughs> you boosted the squishy through the window and the squishy got attacked. And then uh, Who got wrapped up in the rug. Uh, uh, Cotter did, Cotter or our, did. Our Alistair at the time, yeah, it, which was hilarious. So, I mean, it just the way it worked out. It's like, okay, so the strong party member who should be able to get out gets can't. wrapped up and can't get out. The dexterous member who should be able to get through the window can't. The squishies running around the room being chopped to bits by swords. And, and thankfully, uh, no one made it in. So, there was like at least two targets for the mm-hmm. swords to go after. So, they didn't just completely uh, go in and fricassee uh, Ireland. And then you made it, finally made it through the window and were able to, to help out. But yeah, that was hilarious. Horrible. That Just was hilarious. Horrible. But anyway, so you made it in there, got past the fluffy uh, mm-hmm. uh, cats and, and got some magic items. And then you met the last queen of the old kingdom. And what was your feeling when you met a person who's been sitting for a thousand years in a magic circle waiting for your arrival? Um, by the point, by the time we got there, I... I was just like, cause I mean, it was, it was almost like, okay, what is this? It was like, cause it was very between the, the failed window rolls and the combat. And here's this person that's obviously been alive for a thousand years. I'm like, Oh God, I really thought I was like, great. We're going to die. It's a lich. <laughs> uh, because I mean, sometimes it's hard for me. I, I'm better reading a storyline than following along sometimes mm-hmm. listening, especially with headphones on my head. 
Um, so I had to just kind of keep blinking and paying attention to really kind of guess, follow along. So it was neat. I mean, it was, it, it was, I know now if I could go back, I would appreciate the moment more for what it was. Um, well, you but can listen it, again. It was, well, no, it was neat because it was, you know, it was a first major jump into what the bad, the, well, the, the, the bad guy that we're chasing now is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, that's what started really peaking about the, the history of the land that had a lot of which had been lost and who from that lost land is still kicking around. Yep. So. Yeah, so you made it out of there. You finally got the name of your foe from her, although you didn't think to use the bowl to find out who it was until you got all the way you to Vallis Cali. I'm actually going to, wa- no pun intended, wash my hands of that because once it was given to our resident magic user, mm-hmm. I didn't have. I don't have any responsibility for that bowl at all. I never yep. once gave, gave that bowl much thought. I didn't think of what that bowl could do. For me, it was a magical hand-washing station. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's all it was. I, every time he did use the bowl, I kind of tuned it out because it's, okay, it's him having his moment. Never occurred to me to look for a little while. Never occurred to me to try to use it for myself until much later. It wasn't until when we were in Port of Magnum that I started really thinking, well, if he can use the bowl, I can use the bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's when I first really started thinking like, oh, okay. Or start, first started thinking like, okay, um, yeah, we're not using this bowl as well as we could be. Yeah, anyway, so um, that, that was hilarious. And, of course, Galchabar appears in, in Valscalia and whacks mm-hmm. Arlen up to the backside of the head. Um, but anyway, so you get out of there. You go That down. was a good moment, too, by the way, that, that scene. Yeah, that was fun. For everybody. Yeah. Um, and um, you uh, go see a, f- a guy in a fishing shack who's got, holding a silky hostage or cap- captive and, and help her out. Um, and then um, you go a little bit north and you find Orlana. Yeah. <laughs> and what, what was your feelings about Orlana? Most annoying NPC ever. Like, I think that's the first time Matt and I agreed that if we were to kill an NPC, neither one of us would lose any sleep over it, character-wise or real-wise. I mean, just the character was such a clingy, whiny child of a person. It's like, for for me, because I was trying to stay in character of Creval, it's like the strong survive. This is not the strong. Let let nature take its course. <laughs> and well, actually, eventually, she would not survive. Although, yes, although but I mean, like, save the whole lot of you in the process. Like, oh, yeah. wolves feed her. Yeah, <laughs> I, mean, that, I mean, at one point, yeah. I mean, it's like I really had to give that thought. Is like, do I actually try to save this person, or do I just let things occur? Yeah. Well, and she was actually supposed to be a bit of a handicap for the whole group. Oh, she was. And and uh, sp- basically supposed to get in the way at all times. So it's good that yeah. she worked out the way she was supposed to. Also, though, she also did allow. Um, the dungeon master have a voice in, in your affairs where she could point out, Hey, how about this elephant in the room over here where, you know, mm-hmm. everyone that everyone's ignoring. So yeah, that was, that was good. And anyway, so you went up um, after that and visited the elves and what, what did you think of the elves? I liked it. I like, cause it was a bringing back the past mm-hmm. and it was the first time I realized, okay, now we're in the forest. Now we're in the mountains. And if, cause it was after the clue that I would received about my, you know, my, answers lie to the north and the barbarians in the mountains mm-hmm. so i was like okay well if i have a in- head injury that's giving me memory problems it would make sense that i would start getting triggers yeah so even though i wasn't on the i don't think technically on the right side of the map for it he mm-hmm. could still see the mountains he's now in areas he's speaking of, and that's when i started being like okay he's gonna start blacking out 
He's going to do stuff randomly, and then he's not going to have any memory of doing it. And and which he did during one of the feasts. But I didn't tell you I was going to do it. Yeah. So that what, was the, what that did was I? My, that was my big mistake. What, what what did I do the very next episode? I sat everyone down and. That, yeah, and, and I apologize. I yeah. still I still feel bad for it. I mean, it, may, it was a good scene. It would have been better had I told you what I would like to have done. Yeah, because then then we could. Because I remember um, during his interview, Owen said that. Um, you know, you're, you're doing crazy stuff. And he looked over at me and I had as blank an expression as everybody else at the table did. And he was like, Oh, this is not good. Yeah. I think yeah. I talked to you about it after the fact, Yeah, like li- literally the next day. And I, 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 that's when I realized, yeah, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. Uh, but we were able to incorporate in the story mm-hmm. going forward, although it, it almost came to, to blows in, in the end there, but, uh, but we'll get around to that in a little bit. But anyways, then you got out to Lowell's tower and um, how, what did you think of a Lowell's tower? I thought it was a great nightmare situation type of thing. I thought I was like, "Oh, this is gr-. all we needed was to lower the lights in the room, put some spooky music on." Mm-hmm. I mean, you, I could feel the tension in the air, and I was like, "This is cool." Yeah, e- each of the levels just kind of got yeah. worse, and I mean, well, just, just the fact that you drop down to the first level, and then there are basically crucified yeah. students oh, rotting. It, it there. was, I mean, it was like Diablo worthy type stuff, and I'm like, I'm so in this right now. This is amazing. Bring it on. Let the nightmares rain. <laughs> yep. And so you go down and down and it just keeps getting worse and worse as you go down. And then you get mm-hmm. into the basement and all of a sudden you find yourself in a maze where it, two only two of the adventurers could go off on any passage. So one of you was always by themselves and you're being attacked. And then you got out of the maze and you ended up in an arena full of undead who mm-hmm. came at you in waves. And then um, you tr- triumphed over all of that. And you try to actually go and assault a Lowell, and he basically just snaps his fingers, and you all wake up on the um, uh, you know the eternal plane that goes in all directions. That was the first time that so I was I, I as a player I was getting frustrated with the with the with the maze, and then we got into that fight, and there was a Lowell, and that was the first time I started really thinking about the fact that Craval could be a, could be a secret barbarian, and everything including that charge to a lull mm-hmm. that was about as close as he was going to get to a rage at that moment he forgot about being a cleric he forgot about being a fighter he was just going to take out the person in front of him that was antagonizing him and then when you snapped your fingers and sent us where you are i was like okay now girl back it was a mental yep. strain type of deal and i started but nobody i, I picked up on it because i knew what i because I, I started doing it because i figured this would character like oh he's i, I would have gone to a rage and then click oh where are we? <laughs> yeah, and so it, I loved, I think it was Jesse. I loved Jesse's solution to that first time. That was great. Mm-hmm. I'm going to kill everybody. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. So that was when she actually started yeah. striking and, and then you disappeared, melted into the ground. Mm-hmm. And then, and then it got down to um, just Alistair at the end. Yeah. And his, his oath forbids him from yep. killing himself. So we had to just walk on and on forever until that was frustrating for me. I, was, I couldn't. I mean, because I didn't realize I, I didn't realize he said it now, but I didn't realize why he did that. Until yeah. I, and I was like, OK, a paladin oath. That makes sense. Yeah. And I actually felt a li- I mean, I give a lot of credit to Bryce to making that role play decision, because for a little while, I know I think everyone was looking. I'm like, Bryce, just slit your own throat for crying yeah. out loud. But he played it correctly. So yeah. m- many, many accolades to him for that one. Yeah. So, uh, but all of that turned out to be what? A dream. Illusions. Yeah. Yeah. And well, that, that's when illusions. you first, you know, figured and we out. We were found by the elves. I think at the bottom of this ruin. I think. Of yeah. That. You you had yeah. entered the caverns underneath the the thing, and mm-hmm. then you were trapped in the illusions, and the elves found you there. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, your first thing where you know 
when you're around a Lowell, what seems to be may not be. Yeah, so. definitely. And then it turned out to be illusions within illusions within illusions. So. Which makes sense for some stuff cre- from any creature, especially illusions who has lived this long mm-hmm. yeah. to be able to do something like that. Yeah. Uh, but then you got to the Moon Festival, and you got to see your old buddy Gillum, mm-hmm. and that was when you actually really got to elucidate the fact that you were going off the rails, and you didn't know who you were half the time. And uh, we we got to open up that first little door in the the story of the fact that you aren't really what you think you are, yeah. much less say you are. It, it was about this time in real life time that I started getting an idea of this character who this character's personality was going to evolve into. I didn't know at the time, but looking back on it, that was when it first started coming out of, because I tried to play him like a, an exuberant warrior. I tried to play him as a lost soul. I tried to play him as like a, some sort of uh, just adventuring type and nothing felt right. But this was this, at this point when we had that, I had that like, <laughs> you said, she's like, I don't know what I'm doing. And you're like, well, you're like, well, there was, is something about danger or threats? And I was like, what if I'm the, biggest threat to the party because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, well, at the time they, they actually might've thought you were too. So yeah. And actually uh, it was, it was coming out the next, I think it was right around that time. Cause I was making some other questionable choices. Um, I don't recall if it was on recording or not, but Jesse, she reamed me. She's like, what are you doing? And I think I was really frustrating her. And I was like, what are you talking about? It's like, you're a, and she looked at my character and I think I was at that, that point he was lawful. Good. Mm-hmm. You're a lawful, good character and you're doing all this stuff. And I'm like, Lawful good doesn't mean I'm nice. Yeah. So, and I was I was getting a little irritated at that point. But again, looking back on it, it was a lot of it was just my own indecision of how to play the character. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so you you made it out of the elves and you got back to Kaleskwe and you um got in line to try to get an airship because uh, you needed to get back to uh, back to Port of Magnum and. Um, Alistair runs into a guy named Kent who recognizes him as someone named Cotter. Yeah. And I remember it was hilarious because he played it off and he did it well enough that, you know, Kent's like, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Mm-hmm. And um, we got done with the scene and you just turned to Bryce and said, you are the worst liar ever. Yeah. <laughs> I have never seen a player try to fight their backstory so much. I, I, I don't think Bryce has put that much fight into into the actual fights we've rolled. Yes. To not he did to not have to do his backstory. <laughs> you are the worst liar ever, Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> Don't play poker. <laughs> well, well, well in, in his defense, um, I never, didn't tell him it was coming. So um, and, and rightly yeah. so, you know. Yeah. Once the once the backstories are handed, like yeah. you said, once they're mine. Once they're yeah. yours, they're yours. Yeah. Um, and but the other fun thing was um, after that got done, all of a sudden you hear Dania behind you saying, mm-hmm. "There you are. I've been looking for you everywhere." I was really happy to see Donya again. I, yeah. I actually like that character because to me, she's like a female Han Solo. Yeah, yeah. And well, ironically, the Millie Aquila. Yeah, is a thousand year eagle. That's a, a horrible name for a ship, but yes. I, 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 that, I banished that right out of my head. But I really liked her as a character. Yeah, and it, it wasn't until uh, you know yeah. Jesse figured out that oh, that's the Millennium Falcon, the thousand year eagle. Yeah, so yeah, because I, I couldn't call it the Mini Annie Falcon because that Falcon is Falcon in Latin. Yeah. So that that would have made it too easy. So I had to make I, it. that one went all the way. I think I had to have Owen explain it to me because Owen yeah. is the one that caught it. And I was like, I don't get it. Millennium Falcon? Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay. 
I was so proud when when Jesse figured that out because yeah. I've been dropping little Easter eggs in the the whole campaign here and there. Some of them I catch. Like yeah, I yeah. caught I caught the the Star Trek reference with the Crushers. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I was the only one that caught that one. Yes, I was very proud of you. That yeah. was good because Bryce was like totally baffled and everybody was. I'm like, you should be ashamed. <laughs> I think that's exactly what I said. You, you should, should be, be ashamed. ashamed. Thought I said, Drew got it. Thank you for getting that, Drew. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that was that was the best one because it wasn't a pun; it was is a puzzle. Which, yeah. uh, but anyway, it's a so, dad joke at its finest. Yes, and so, um, but yeah, Donnie was also the first point when you realized that there would be going to be NPCs that weren't just throwaway characters mm-hmm. that are going to be coming back again and again. So yeah, it it, it took me about probably another three or four months of real time after that where I finally had to get a little book and write down everybody's name. Mm-hmm. The ones I see uh, that we compl- continually encounter like Danya I can remember but all the other ones I yeah. couldn't remember so I had to write them all down yeah we need to have a wiki or something uh, but anyway so uh, then she takes you out to the uh, clouded oasis mm-hmm. and there's a a, a uh, illusionary fountain there which was hilarious because you sent your uh, owl to go get at, fish at, out well, of it at, at this point I, yeah. I had a um, familiar owl yeah mm-hmm. and it just goes Right, through, right through the illusion, and you hear it clanging into something below. Yeah. So that was that was a perfect moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go down, and you had a whole bunch of puzzles to solve, and it was Which one is funny giant because, thing of traps. Yeah, it's where Jessie really got to shine there. Mm-hmm. She had just gotten her ability, I think, to teleport with shadows, and she was the only thing close to a rogue we had. So we, I mean, and God bless her, she voluntarily be, or voluntarily, <laughs> but anyway, she became the uh, that was the first time she became the the scout. Mm-hmm. And going yeah. down and trying to set off traps so we didn't set them off. Because there was a point where I was like, I think I think even Matt suggested just rage and go. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't think I want to rage and go in here. Yeah. Plus so. you weren't a barbarian yet. That would be another reason. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and actually what happened was I was just, you know, when I came up to designing this one, I'm like, we just did a dungeon crawl, you know, with, yeah. with the uh, with the sunken tower. It's like, I don't think, I don't think we want another dungeon crawl. Then I hit on the idea of, Oh, traps, you know, because yeah. I, I think. Um, Which is good because, yeah. I mean, with the multiple phylacteries and all that, it would make sense that there'd be, that it wouldn't be the same thing seven times. Yeah. So. Each, each time would, would be to foil some other right. facet of some group that was looking for them. Yeah. I mean, this is a highly intelligent person who became mm-hmm. a lich that's still a highly intelligent creature. Yeah. He would not, just because you got one doesn't mean you're going to get the second one. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so. Uh, this one though had the everybody's favorite fight in the whole thing, the obsidian wall. Yes, where you all went and uh, found mirror copies of yourself that had evil goatees, including including Jesse and including uh, your your owl, and uh, and they. <laughs> I stepped. don't think we fought the owl, thank God. But we yeah, okay. we, we, we hand waved that. We told yeah. them they were fighting in the corner. Um, anyway, so uh, they stepped out and uh, started attacking, and it was really hilarious because everybody was just like going to sandbag this one, and then Bryce is like, "I'm going to hit myself in the head." And that just, and then when he, when his, the evil him went after the regular no one, I think that just kicked it off and everyone's like, yeah. hey, we could have fun with this. Well, yeah. And I remember at one point, I think it was one of the times no one went down, um, like unconscious. And oh, yeah, you know, he got cornered by about three of them. Right. And it was my turn to be evil. And I'm like, I think what evil Craval would do is be smile and then attack the guy that down, like deliberately trying mm-hmm. to kill one of the other players. And I think it really upset Matt at that point. And I'm like, I'm just being honest, dude, if, if, if I was doing this and I was evil, that's totally what I would do, just to upset the person I was fighting against. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, I didn't kill his character, but it, it was not from uh, a lack of trying. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so I, I think everyone had a, had a good time with that despite. Um, and um, then you actually ended up getting the very first of the phylacteries, but then mm-hmm. you had to figure out how to get rid of it. But on the way back up, all of a sudden you found uh, Nissian and, um, and uh, Dania running back down to see you because there's a dragon sitting on the ship. Yeah. And you just fought the black dragon several times on the way down here. Um, what, you know, what was going through your mind when like there's a dragon sitting on our ship? I thought the black one was back. Yeah. Um, that's what I really thought that was him. Like, okay, we're going to finally get to take care of this black dragon. But um, in the end, it turned out to be, uh, oh my brass God. dragon. Yeah. Brass dragon. I'm trying to remember the Lock name. I should remember this is my freaking dragon mate. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, probably forgot our anniversary too. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Loquax cares. <laughs> and I know Krival doesn't. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so um yeah, you went you went back to uh, her lair and it was hilarious because the whole idea was you would entertain her and she would be so pleased that she would let you go, but you totally biffed the first one and then well, we don't have any entertainers in our group. Yeah, and then but what was even more funny is like you had a much harder DC the next day to get away from her and you totally ace that one. And I don't know what it is about nice this cards. party. Yeah. But every time I give you an easy skills check, you guys all flub it. And then when I give you a hard one, you just like walk through like it's a cakewalk. It's, it's the gremlins of the game. I'm yeah. telling you, it's, it's either the freaking dice gods need to laugh or it's just not your day. Yeah. I, I know I've had several times where I've sat at this table and I couldn't have rolled above a nine. If you put a gun in my face and said, yeah. roll above a nine. But uh, yeah, anybody, as you alluded to, what was the interesting thing that happened while you were in Loquox's clutches? Uh, Speaking of clutches. Yeah. Loquox and Creval got together. Yep. And became I, I, an item. Yeah, became an item. That's the, that's a, thank you. That's a good way of saying it. Yeah. And um, that was one of the other times when uh, the personality that that Creval is now that was beginning to emerge. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't play that character like, Grunval, who would have done, which would backed away and begged off. I mm-hmm. played it like I would think that a well, Kaval was coming out more and more. Yeah, yeah. and it, like, a, a war leader who basically you know would be a uh, a choice a, item back home. He's a decisive person. He yeah. doesn't give a lot of thought to second second. He doesn't do second thoughts. Mm-hmm. He makes a decision. He goes with it. Very good. Anyway, so yeah, uh, although that would come back. Um, uh, with a vengeance later on, um, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, the, uh, pairing would produce fruit and, or at least eggs yep. and, uh, yeah, Kraval would become a daddy. Mm-hmm. So, and, uh, then, well, I had to deal with her being a cranky pregnant dragonborn first. Yeah. And, um, at that point I was Kraval now, which I think we're jumping ahead a little bit, yep. but, um, I think I handled, I handled it exactly. I was very happy how I handled it because at that point Kraval has earned a different type of honor, at least amongst the. Even maybe amongst even the females, it's like he not only got a powerful mate, he got he hit above a station. Yes, this is, there's a lot of honor to be given to somebody who actually got a dragon yes. to give him children that are going to be at least hopefully some of them the future of the Dragonborn Nation. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, anyways, but you escaped her clutches and got back to Porta Magnum, and that's where Cotter's uh, or at the time Alistair's. Mm-hmm. Uh, backstory came out yep. and all of a sudden uh, a chiffon wrapped girl uh, just wraps herself around Alistair calls him Cotter and drags you all back to stately Fraser Manor yes this giant huge mansion in the in the hoity-toityest part of Porta Magna what, what was your thought I, when all of Kraval that happened? was completely 
stunned and off kilter, but I don't, I think the, even though it was all that, the best one was Matt. To me, Matt was just incredulous. It's like, dude, you're rich. <laughs> Craval was like, what is this? <laughs> what is, this is, this is, Cotter and his family are 180 degrees from Craval and his. Yes. In every yes. way, shape and form. And actually we highlighted that when the two of you got, when they married. got married. Yeah. Yeah, so that was that was kind of fun. I mean, we yeah. had back-to-back episodes where the two wedding ceremonies were about as mm-hmm. far apart as you could possibly get. Yep. Um, anyway, so I, I made it back to Stately Fraser Manor. And the, the other nice thing about that is that gave you guys a base of operations to, to yeah. base out of for the, the future, which was kind of nice. Um, and then you had to go and uh, solve the mystery of the plague that was affecting Port of Magnum. And I remember um, when, when you guys were all, you know, you were – you know, searching for clues, searching for clues, you were kind of going off in random directions that weren't panning out. And I remember you saying at one point, I, th- I think we're missing something here. And of course, you know, from behind the scene where I screen, I'm like, yeah, you are. <laughs> You've totally well, missing this. And uh, I think it, at that point, I mean, because I remember because we had, we had actually looked at several really good ideas in a group and we had investigated them all out. And I was like, we have to be missing something. But, and, and I uh, gave you actually the solution to it at the very beginning, which was I think they were talking about food or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the uh, the only thing that really linked uh, Cotter's brother who died of it to the fact that um, more of the peasants were dying than the the rich nobles was that they the had bread. mainly a, a diet of, yeah. of rye. But Whereas the that, it wasn't until that dinner meat, that we knew yeah. that the brother ate the rye. Yeah, so that's why yeah. we didn't make the two connect. Yeah, but well, we, I remember. Uh, Matt saying that he thought the whole rye thing was just a red herring. I didn't think so, but it was like yeah. it, it, it. By that point, we had done everything we could possibly yeah. have done. I don't think we'd set, but I don't think it was after the dinner that we went to the. Yeah, well, silos. and the, the dinner was the fun part. Yeah, because um, you know, you actually, I think it was actually you that actually asked uh, Cotter's mother. It's like, was there anything that your son did that was of interest that might link him to this? And 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 said, well, he did have this one habit. He would eat rye bread, and I remember Owen just piping up. It's not a red herring anymore. Yeah. And then it was just a like it was. And just then a lucky you got on the roll. right track, yeah. Um, and that then, was that was a good one too. Yeah, and it's a good storyline. I mean, but then we got to uh, the part where your backstory finally came out, and you were trying to get a hold of the bowl to go talk to Galchabar about what's going on with your you know these blackout sessions you're having, and so and. Ar- um, Arlen wasn't just willing to just nope. give it to you, and then you started chasing him around. To, to be fair, yeah. to be fair, at that point, I became. I mean, again, I didn't realize I was doing it until much later. I became Craval again. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't Gurnval that came to ask; it was Craval. Because I, I, I think now that if I were to go up to Arlen now, ask Craval and say, "I need, you know, give me the bowl. I want to use it," he would just hand over the bowl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, at that point, though, because of how everything had gone, which was, you know, powerful course and right on, right on track. He absolutely should not have trusted Gurnval. And um, that's when I began. You know, that, that was the first time I literally gave thought to striking him down or trying to knock him out, just physically taking it. Mm-hmm. And then he bolted, and somehow a unicorn got summoned. Well, a little secret from behind the screen. I haven't even admitted this to anybody else in the, in the party. Um, at this point in time, it was kind of obvious to me as the dungeon master that this was actually causing notable friction in the party mm-hmm. and it was about time for it to stop. Yeah. Which, and I think, I think you approached me after the fact that said that and I was like, okay. And so, um, as you guys were having the, the, uh, confrontation in the hallway, 
And, you know, Orlana originally uh, blinded you with a uh, prismatic spray, mm -hmm. uh, which was kind of nice because all of a sudden it's like, hey, Orlana can do something interesting. But then <laughs> she was finally useful. <laughs> but then it's like I rolled on the wild magic table because her, her magic was beginning to spin out of control at this point. And I actually rolled she was going to do something. You know, the magic, the wild magic was going to was going to affect. And then I'm like you know, this would be a perfect time for this, something something useful to come out of it. And I just kind of scan down the wild magic table and, it, and all of a sudden it's like a unicorn appears. I'm like, yes. Yeah. And and then originally I just was interested. It's like, okay, all of a sudden you have a unicorn standing on you. You know, you've got a, a 400 pound horse. Yeah, I don't remember how I got knocked to the ground. It's not as on the and, ground. And um, then um, I think they tripped you when you were blind is what Something it was. Like yeah. That, yeah. But then I'm like, oh yeah, they've got that horn that can pacify people. So I had the, the you know, the unicorn mm -hmm. touch you with the horn and that's like, okay, and well that, that's going to put, that's put when, in. That's when, that's when Gerbal came back out. Yeah. It, you know, the, you know, this would, this would, you know, is, is going to put an end to this scene. And then the, you're right about the friction. Cause I think I mean, Matt William said that he was actually giving thought to killing my character because it was getting to be a bit much. Mm hmm. So I think it went about as far as it could. Yeah. And uh, but then, of course, you had to then go off to the Dragonborn people and find them to uh, get you healed up. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have said that that was the best backstory reveal that they had. Um, and uh, you know, e even though even though the whole lead up to it was annoying, in retrospect, it was played exactly the way it was supposed to be played. Mm -hmm. I think by that point, I think we were level six or seven, something like that. Yeah. And so we go back to uh, the Dragonborn. We actually get to meet Dragonborn. Turns out there's crisis in the Dragonborn, and you all have to uh, uh, go and solve that crisis by fighting for the honor of your clan. And that's when it turns out you're a barbarian. Mm -hmm. So that was kind Poor of poor Bryce. Yeah, that was hilarious. Yes, <laughs> you know, because because uh, um, you know Bryce, uh, you know, had the whole secret backstory thing going on. And then all of a sudden it turns out that, you know, you're a barbarian. He's like, oh, my gosh, I just got out mead by him. <laughs> yeah, I remember looking over and he literally had the open eye and slack job like, what? Yeah. And I was like, and then I pulled out the character. She's like, is that another character sheet? <laughs> or yeah. something like that. I was like, yeah. So, yeah, so he, he, he got out uh, outfoxed by mm -hmm. you. So it's great. But anyway, so you get back there and then uh, you end up getting married there. You have to run back and Cotter gets married uh, back in Port of Magnum. Mm -hmm. And then you go back up to the mountains because your your next um, phylactery is at the frozen waterfall. Mm -hmm. And you find your way there. And it was kind of fun because you go up the creek looking for, or up the river looking for the source of uh, the magic. that, uh, you, And then you start climbing the waterfall. And all of a sudden you realize that there's a patch of really clear ice. And you can see that there's something in the frozen mm -hmm. waterfall. And uh, you there, was a, there was a lot of small things that happened there that was really cool. That finding the city behind the ice was mm -hmm. one of the best ones. And um, you had to fight the Remoras. Which did a really good job. And I think it's, I think that's the first time in, in combat in terms of just how the combat went. I think uh, no one got humbled. Yeah, yeah. He was, I, I he, was, he was being a, I mean, he was a legit, it still is legit, just bad mofo when he fights. He's, mm -hmm. he's the guy you, of all the people in the party, I think that's the one you don't want to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with. Yeah. But, but Remoras does damage every yes. time you hit it, and, and monks he, he nickel really, and dime you to death. Yeah, and he really quickly started. Yeah, uh, even with his uh, fire resistance, he was very quickly just getting nickel and dime. Yeah. yeah, and and I remember a point where he just kind of paused and looked down at his character sheet, and you know he could see the light bulb coming on that 
you know, if I keep like going on like this, I'm going to die first. Mm -hmm. And he had to figure out because, you know, monks don't have like a really huge, massive one hit spell. They they chip away at you, you know, bit by bit. And and the remorse had way more hit points than he did, yeah. so he he could he was basically nickel diming himself to death. Yeah, so uh, that was that was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, and actually, and then the other thing that happened that was really I think a great bit of honesty on your part, um, you used the uh, javelin of lightning on mm-hmm. him, and then the ceiling started caving in. And actually, it was kind of fun. It was one of the one of the few times that I I put together a skills challenge to end a thing that it ended up like. You know, people barely squeaking out the end as the thing collapsed around them. And, and so it wasn't too easy or too hard. And it was just kind of worked out fine. But then mm. you realize that, oh, hey, I never said I was going to pick up the javelin. Yeah. And now it's buried under tons of ice. My, my inner loot goblin that everybody has. I mean, I, I did it. I'm happy I did it. I know it makes the most sense. But that little goblin was just screaming at me. Yeah. Because it was a really neat little javelin. But it, I mean... But the fun part was the Tabaxi got to go pick it up yeah. later, and now it's in the and possession I, and iron- of and ironically, Gray Fog. Gray yeah. Fog had a really good moment with that thing. Yes, <laughs> so it was kind of kind of fun how that came around. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, you returned back to your people after getting the uh, phylactery, and that's when you had your revelation and switch gods from Dianect and Nawada, which what, yeah was who you of, followed to begin of with. Everything that we've done with this character, that was the most significant. That was the one. That was the one that made the most sense, and that was the first real heavy hammer nail that really drill drilled down into where this character was going to come out to. Yeah, and uh, then you made it back to uh, Porta Magnum, um, and then as you're going over to Faramons, uh, that's when Orlana blew herself up to save all of you. Yeah. And uh, so, what, what was your feeling when that happened? Was that a relief or was that... <laughs> I, I uh, hate to say it was a bit of a relief. I'm glad you didn't take the party yeah. out with it. Um, and I think after that point, that's when I started feeling bad for how badly I treated the NPC. Yeah. Well, actually, um, Owen had things like, you know, his character didn't feel like he could grieve for the loss of his apprentice because the rest of you guys were all so, oh, hey, good, party time. So <laughs> She was, I mean, you designed this character to be a bit of a... Um, nuisance. Nuisance. And nuisance. So that's what, how he viewed her. Yeah. And um, at that point, I mean, Arlen, I mean, Arlen and Owen hasn't done a lot of anything to really get close to any one person. Mm-hmm. I mean, one thing that I've done is try to draw. I did it first with Carter, then I did it with Noan, and eventually I got Adri. So now we we have something tying us all together. Yeah, and I thought a, that was one of the neater things you did, actually. Yeah. You know, including them as members of your family. Although I still have to get yeah. Jesse up there at some point, but with Arlen and. We'll get to it in a minute, but Arlen, not once did Carvalho looked at Arlen and be like, yeah, you're going to be part of my family. Nope. Yeah, just just uh, too, too different. Oil and water, it's, yeah, day and night. It's not, it's not that he's too different, but it's in time it is. Yeah. It, I mean, it's just when he looks at Arlen, he sees a lowlander. Mm-hmm. When he looks at the other party, he sees people that were just not born Dragonborn. Yeah. It, it's, it's kind of fun that uh, mm-hmm. that it works out that way. Yeah. Anyway, so you made, finally made it to Faramond's. Um, and, um, then, uh, you, you know, get taken aside by the cousin of the Baron and Faramans, who's, you know, threatening war against Porta Magnum. Mm-hmm. And she wants you to take out her cousin. Oh Lord. Oh Lord. Here we go again. That's all I could think of. Oh Lord. Yeah. I, I, could, I could sense the resistance when I, when I yeah. brought that up and that might've been by design, mm. but, um, anyways, uh, but then she kind of, uh, 
talked you around and convinced you that, uh, in fact, it was mm-hmm. an imposter in his seat. And it turned out to be an imposter. It turned out to yeah. be a succubus that had shape-shifted. And, Which I'm still trying to figure out where she went. Yeah, is she still out there? Or yeah. did she just flee, you know, realizing that she was in too deep waters? Or we'll just have to see. Mm-hmm. Um, although I got to say, at your current level, you could probably wipe up a succubus pretty easy. Although usually Craval, they, Craval hasn't forgotten her. Yeah, I don't oh. know if everyone else has, but Craval remembers her. Oh yeah, every time you go back to uh, I, I, to, I to ask Pheromons, you I can yeah. buff this up, make sure it can't happen again, and yeah. everyone says no all the time, which cracks me up. But I'm like, okay. Yeah. Well, finally, finally, actually, uh, you got to do that in Porta Magnum, but. which is what was the most important thing, because that's because even though he's they're lowlanders, it's my brother's wife, which mm-hmm. means it's yep. my sister. Yep. Um and um. So you succeeded in, in writing things at uh, there in Port in uh, Faramans, mm-hmm. and oh, and then uh, but then the uh, tinker of the the head tinker of the gnomes yeah. uh, turned out to be in league with the old gods, and you all got to be Voltron. And uh, but that your, was your Voltron needed to be revamped because it, it was not doing nearly enough damage for what you hilarious. were putting for what you were putting out. Yeah. And then, of course, we all got in the wrong ones. Yes, that was the best part. It's like, you know, I, I as it's I'm not going like we could there, stop in the middle of, wait, switch. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you just one of those crazy things where you all got in exactly the wrong vehicle. Yeah. So I all, think all I, the I think I got people the got, dex- in the, yeah. in the, uh, got in the uh, feet and all the uh, that needed strength and all the uh, strength people got in the arms that needed decks. And, and it was hilarious. So, yeah, you were doing it was like a great idea. You're doing no damage. Well, yeah. that also might have been by design, too. Um, you're doing great. You know, just absolutely no damage. Then finally, like Arlen leans out of his vehicle and fireballs the thing to death. <laughs> so that was Arlen that was has had enough. Yes. <laughs> it was hilarious. Um, but anyways, so then um, you uh, got out of there. You. Uh, went across and actually ended up going back to Lowford for the first time in forever and got a chance to see the damage that had been done mm-hmm. there. And um, you actually got to go a chance to meet Arlen's family. What, what did you guys think of Arlen's family? I liked Arlen's family. I yeah, mean, it was and the Kaval, most wholesome thing that's happened in the entire it, show. It was probably the first time for Kaval and for me as Kaval to see a family unit that reminded him of his own. Mm-hmm. And that was, the, that, that's when Arlen started. That, I think that's when I started really thinking it. Okay. I need to treat Arlen a little bit better. And, and what I would do to shore him up, mm-hmm. which I would later do in Fairmonts again. Yeah. But that was a, that was the first time where Caval really started looking at Arlen as a member of his party, not just a lowlander. He has to keep alive. Yeah. Um, and then after you left that, um, that's when you ran into the black dragon for the third time. Yeah. And Adri died. Yeah. And then Cotter, and like we said, with the get out of jail free car, Cotter um, volunteered to substitute himself, which was turned out to be really just a test of faith from his God. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, so actually, what what was your feelings when you all came back in the room and we restarted the um, encounter with the dragon and all of a sudden Adri just popped back up again, <laughs> fine and dandy as the day she first stepped on the earth and... Honestly, I was a little perturbed because I was ready to resurrect right then. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I was like, that's not a big deal. I'll resurrect her. We'll still kill this dragon. It's like, and it was just like, oh. Or river fire. I was yeah. just like, the, the opportunity was ripped from me. And yeah. I was like, oh, that sucks. I wanted to be the savior there. <laughs> yep. But, and then when it was explained, I was like, okay. And like, yeah, you know, you had that get out of jail free card. And I think everyone had a, that same look I did was like, we did. Because it had been so long since we started. Mm-hmm. So, it's like, okay. 
I, I mentioned it several times that there was one. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but, but as like a dungeon said, master, you know, and uh, even though I'm experienced dungeon master ago, as well, yeah. Yeah. You, your players just won't remember. Zing, yeah. Anyway, so um, you destroyed the black dragon, but interestingly enough, um, when you came back from the island later on mm-hmm. um, with the st- storm giant, the dragon was gone. The treasure was still there, but the body of the dragon was yeah. gone. Um, I think... Yeah, because I, I think I'd cast something that would keep it from being resurrected or something. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, I did. Did I? I thought I did something to keep the body from being resurrected or I wanted to, but I didn't realize I couldn't. But yeah, uh, that when that body was gone, I was like, yeah, we're going to see him again. Yeah, I think you wanted to, but it was just simply too massive. Yes. Um, I, you can, I, is, that, is that where, yeah, because I think that's where Adri got her sword. Yeah, and so when Jade got her bow and a couple of things, and that actually, yeah. I'm gonna go back. That's when we met the most the the first person NPC that Jesse and I ever agreed to mutually hate was that character, the uh, the, the hunter, the, the great hunter. Yeah. Oh yeah. I and, mean, and, I, and once I, again, I was, that might have been by design too. I don't. Well, then it would hit the nail because I that was the first time I even remember telling him, saying, looking at Jesse like, I, and in between breaks, like I think it was the first time Craval and and uh, uh, I can't believe I'm making our characters. Adri or combined and ready to be murder hobos yeah you're just hunting i mean that just that is for whatever reason adri doesn't like it but you're literally just taking life just to take life for a trophy you're not eating it you're not honoring it you're not yeah that's totally using it the, uh, yeah the that that is ethos of the dragonborn yeah about as a born as it could be what a just a complete horrific act to completely take away any honor or glory and hunting down a creature that can fight back just Mm-mm. I mean, I'm not gonna. Graval's a good, good aligned grace. He's a cleric, but if he had the opportunity to cut that guy in half and just get halfway be okay with it, he would totally take it. Yeah, and once again, like I said, that was kind of by design. He was yeah. supposed to be the most annoying NPC in, in the group. I, I think I might have even told the character in game off with like, yeah, if you, you know, I'll have to go see the dragon warren. Don't hunt the hunters. Yeah, that's something I'll say. So um, you got all the way to um, the. Uh, um, dinosaur Isle mm-hmm. and you got down into or you finally made your way to the big uh, you know devil's tower sort of pile of, mm-hmm. of obsidian or of um, basalt in the middle and you met the storm king the uh, storm giant in charge of the seas who had fallen into a deep depression as no one plied the seas anymore and he was just basically had lost his kingdom and was sitting there alone literally under a storm cloud yeah um that was the first character Caval just couldn't relate to because he's i mean he's got this giant island to play with and hunt and and, and feast on and, and prove his prowess and he's just sitting here in depressive funk I was very proud for Matt for stepping up right there and what he would do. Yes, I think that was a huge that moment in in, in uh, Noan's history. Yeah, yeah, um, because Craval was just like, "Why are you being a child? Look at you, you're magnificent." Mm-hmm. So, I'm glad I didn't say anything, but that it was definitely in my mind. Yeah, so it uh, it you know it's kind of kind of nice that Matt stepped forward and kind of it did exactly what you need to do with someone who was like basically yeah. clinically depressed. I, I will go on record saying that if I'd had to deal with it, I would not have dealt with it nearly as well as Matt did. Yeah, it would have been a totally different situation by the time we were done. We might have actually fought the giant. That's how bad I would have handled that. I think. Yeah. But anyways, you uh, did make a friend out of him, mm-hmm. and you then found that there was a secret passage in his uh, underground. Which Demp that I led think down was another lucky roll by I want to say it was Adri that time. Actually, it was it was Cotter that time. Was it Cotter? Yeah, yeah another lucky yeah. perception or investigation roll. 
because I, I I totally did not. I'm sorry, I totally did not see it. Yeah, um, and uh, you went down and you end up fighting the beholder. That was a fun fight. I know it was yeah. frustrating for Bryce, but that yeah. was a really fun. Well, fight. on the other hand, it also uh, showed to Bryce, oh hey, I've got this massive gaping problem in my offense yes. that I have absolutely no range. He attacks. still hasn't fixed that. Well, he he's he's got the crossbow now, but he never uses it. And yeah. I I didn't and. Uh, that's because I love learning new things about this game. That's when I learned about the reload property because I had never mm-hmm. encountered it. So I didn't realize that you fire it only once, even if you can attack twice, and then you have to take your whole next action to reload it. Yeah. Did not know that at all. So that was interesting for me. Yep. So, um, yeah. But that was, also, that was also the closest you've come to completely having make a new character. Yes. Because there would have been no bringing him back. Yep. Yeah. Well, um, and actually it was, it was kind of as I was talking with Matt about, I mean, it was almost a cakewalk of a fight. But at the same time, I didn't think so. It was you guys came basically three rolls away from losing two party members. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, Noan rolled twice, one point above a failure, and one once a disintegration ray, and the other one a uh, petrification mm-hmm. ray. So you almost ended up with either one, of the, you know, Noan either being disintegrated entirely, uh, you know, no, nothing to come back from there, or turn into a block of stone and then Arlen actually did get hit with the disintegration ray and the only then reason he turned invisible and teleported yes, yes. and you know, the only thing that didn't actually uh kill him was that he had that periapad of wound closure that keeps you from dropping below zero hit points which that was another thing that that, that that's when Krabal started being nicer after mm-hmm. meeting his family I think that's when I gave that over to him yeah and which later would break because of that fight, which yeah. is a great call on your part. Well, I, I was doing the kind of the mental gymnastics on it. I'm like, okay, well, it says that if it drops below zero, he's disintegrated permanently. But then the uh, periapad doesn't allow you to drop below zero. So um, it's like, you know, I've got two opposite things. So I think what would happen is it would yeah. let him, it would keep him at zero, but it would burn out the magic item. Yeah. And I think that's a great idea. Having to yeah. having to do that. Yeah. It definitely is a heavy hitting spell magical attack, even though yeah. it's an ability and it's definitely a heavy magical item. And yeah. But yeah, so I mean something's got to give. You you guys came basically just a couple of rolls away yeah. from losing two characters right there in that fight. And, and I don't know if it was a disintegration or a death ray, but I remember because I failed the first roll and then it was because it was a deck save. I was like, oh well I'm a barbarian now and I have that danger sense so I get to re-roll and that's when I passed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, so basically four times away. Yeah. Although if it was disintegration rate and it was early in the fight, you probably would have taken like most of your hit points and damage, not all of it. I, as a reminder, I had set off those. Oh, that's true, yeah. And I, the, I had taken all the damage. I wasn't raging at the time, so yeah. I didn't have all my hit points when we started that yeah, fight. Yeah, so yeah, I might have lost three characters yeah. in that fight. I mean, it's just, so even though it I seemed like. I did the like, math. I was like, I, yeah. I, I, looked, I told him, you know, you all almost bit back with a couple magic items and no Creval. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> yeah, you, uh, yeah, you guys. Um, you seem to breeze through that one, but it was basically just a couple of yeah, rolls shy it, of losing. I think if you listen to the fight, it sounds like, oh, they had an easy time. But in the actuality, no, we, they're, 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 it was definitely the hair of a cat's tail. Yeah. Um, anyways, so you got the phylactery there, got it all the way back to Kalesque on the way back to Port of Magnum, mm-hmm. and then a Lowell showed up and took it back. Yeah. And put you guys on the um, endless plane for the third time. But this time, you had an a different way to break out of it. The mind traveler showed mm-hmm. up and literally beat you guys all, uh, you know, instead of senseless <laughs> into sense, beat some yeah. sense into you and allowed you to break free of that. Yeah. Um, it, the, yeah. Because I remember every time we got in there, we had acquired a different solution. And after the second one, which was a weird puzzle, I began really thinking, if we get back in here, there's going to be a point where we're not gonna be able to get back out. Yeah. So beat away. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, anyway, so you, uh, well, the, that does bring up the real question. So you lost the phylactery mm-hmm. and it's still been an ongoing debate between everybody. It was like, was that the real phylactery that Eloal took back because it's a real one? Or is that a fake one that he only took back to make you think it was more valuable? So you would maybe stop looking for the other ones or something along those lines. But what, what, what was your thought there? Um, I, I've kicked it around a lot and then because of because obviously more time has passed and we've collected other phylacteries and destroyed them I've, it got to the point now with Craval and me it's like you know what well no once we get this last one if we get this unless something tragically different once we destroy this last one we'll know for sure so yep. no I can't change it so again Craval doesn't spend a lot of time on what ifs he's like okay I'll just I'll get the rest of them anyway and then I'll know if you have the real one or not it's very practical um, it's a Craval mount, it's mount, a very mountain thinking sort yes, of way yeah. it is yeah um I know like in Critical Role, uh, Travis Willingham, we would talk about his barbarian Grog. He's like he would always hide behind his low intelligence because he could do whatever he wanted. Mm-hmm. With Craval, he's he's got average intelligence, but I'm leaning on the fact that when you're in a position where survivability is what you're the most concerned about, you, you don't waste time wondering about politics and uh, who has more money than who, who's got the newest whatever. Mm-hmm it's about prepping your whole family and your clan for the guaranteed rigors of the cold season. It takes away a lot of that excess baggage. Yeah. So when he encounters stuff like that now, he, he, with that line of thinking, it's like, okay, well, snow's coming. Yeah. <laughs> can't, can't, can't keep, can't, can't count on that thing right there. So what can I count on? Well, I can go get this. All right. I'm going to go get that. And that's all the thing. That you do. I mean, it's it's very linear. It's very maybe even naive in some ways, mm-hmm. but it's clear. It's crystal, and it works. Yeah. So, yeah. so anyways, after losing that, you went out back out to the cloud oasis, which mm-hmm. wasn't clouded anymore. Nope. And that was I, the first hint that whatever we're doing might be starting to work. Yeah, and I, th- I think the parties figured out that the phylacteries were actually causing the clouding to happen, and that was really poisoning the uh, the valley. Uh, but you went out there because you had to go down, down deep in the earth. And after a bunch of trials and tribulations, you ended up at Adri's backstory. That's right, because we found that gate to the Underdark there. Yeah. But we didn't go down the first time. Yeah, well, you know, you know, I, and I did pass a note to Adri saying, you do not want to go down here. Because it said in, in the drow yeah. dialect, you know. And so she she knew that that was, you know. Beware all who enter here. Yeah. Um, and uh, what did you think about Adri's backstory coming out? Um. It made a lot of sense of why she left. I actually, I'm completely and 100% understood where she was coming from. Um, so for Craval and for me, I was like, okay, great. It was also very, very frustrating. Uh, mainly because I wanted to help her because that's what Craval wants to do. Craval wants to help, nurture, strengthen, future war leader yourself type stuff. But he couldn't. Mm-hmm. So that was, um, that was hard. Uh, especially once all our stuff was taken and, you know, clerics needing to needing spell yeah. components, even if they're not valuable ones. Yeah, Bryce said that he, he was trying to figure out how to get, you know, scrape together components for just one spell while yeah. they were in captivity and, and couldn't do it. I had a couple I could have cast if necessary that didn't because they yeah. were just average things that I could have gotten even where I was at. What angered me or just was frustrating me is I was like halfway to saving up for some of those because I knew they were coming, the spell components, mm-hmm. and of course the Dark Elves upended the bag of holding and took yeah. all the money. I'm like... I was I had I was like like legitimately sitting here angry going, this just I was like how am I going to recoup that? 
Well, like I said, the very first half of this whole thing, yeah. everything was going to go wrong, and mm-hmm. you know, you, you would like save up and get robbed and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. So, and then uh, when we left, I, the, the only mo- the, as a player, I was the only thing I was truly irritated about was, and I can't say anything because I don't know in game, was that Adri saw another bron- another uh, bronze dragonborn down there. Yeah. And she never, and I'm sure she just forgot about it, which is fine. But as a, as a player, knowing that, but knowing I can't do anything about it, because there is just no way Craval would have left any dragonborn down there, bronze or not. Yeah. But he doesn't know. Exactly. And I, have, I, ha- and I had to let that go. Yeah, so. that, that, that was um, kind of a fun metagame thing to consider yeah. during the whole thing. It's like, yeah. Because had she said, one of two things would have occurred. He would immediately try to find these dragonborn. Mm-hmm. Or he would have immediately talked to the Dragonborn Nation and then somehow cajoled Adri into going back down and raiding them to get them out. But, oh well. Yep. So you did eventually, though, get out. Um, you were mm-hmm. able to get the um, the phylactery, mm-hmm. uh, but um, you got it at a cost. Yeah, that cost infuriates me. Not because it wasn't a good decision or a good role play or not, but as a character, I am really not happy with Adri because Adri took that on for the entire group. Craval never agreed to that. He would never have agreed to that. He would have—I mean, seriously—would rather have died than agree to that. Yeah, and and yet you're all still carrying. Well, most some of us are yeah. not all of us. Yeah. I, I know I am. Yeah, um, actually, it's down to you and Cotter now because. Yeah. Um, uh, Loth foiled your initial um, attempts to flee and wrecked you all, and actually almost mm-hmm. lost your pets, which probably you know delighted her to no end. Yeah. Um, and then Noan actually had popped up um, when he was fighting his father. I kind of thought it did, and turned that entire encounter. Yeah. Um, and he he made mention of it you know cryptically, but yeah, it was you know Loth cashed in his remark, and then. That actually turned that entire counter from maybe hard to oh this is now completely impossible, mm-hmm. um, which probably once again delighted her to no end. But yeah, it's interesting. It's like Craval and Cotter still carry Lol's mark, and um, she's aware of everything you're doing. So it's like, when do you think you're going to get cashed in on that? I have no idea. Well, I'm sure at the worst moment possible because that's what I would do if mm-hmm. I was running the game. Um, I've given several thoughts to trying divine intervention to call Nawada's need to to break this contract that I did not agree to mm-hmm. because now I'm beholden to a creature that I had no intention of ever. I mean, this is completely against his will. This is, I I mean, I can't even put into words how upset Craval is at this. Yeah. He is, he, you know, Dragonborn don't show their feelings because it gives a hint for somebody else to take advantage of, but absolutely not okay with this in the highest forms. I mean, not enough to be hitting, not enough to attack Adrian anything over, but he's very much aware of it and he's very much not happy with it. But I haven't had an opportunity because I used it to, when we shifted Craval, I have to wait. And I've, I'm counting the days because I'm going to try to at least get in contact with, oh, I guess I could try that. I could try communing. But trying to get uh, Nawada to step in to clear, the, to clear his mark because it's like, I didn't agree to this. So. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see when that pops in. Yeah. Um, and then... Um, you uh, then on the way out, you ended up uh, going and raiding a bunch of illithids, trying to find Adri's brother, mm-hmm. and you almost end up getting TPK'd. Yes, because no one in the party is an intelligence-based uh, nope. character, which is hilarious. Intelligence-based ca- intelligence and uh, 
even though we have a sorcerer, our charisma are the two stats that we suffer the most in. Mm-hmm. We have plenty of strength, plenty of dex, plenty of plenty of wisdom. Actually, in, in Arlen has plenty of charisma, but he doesn't have he, any no training in in, yeah. in charisma skills that would be really useful. Yeah, and all his um, upgrades have been. He didn't think he's, he is for to boost his charisma so he could be a better sorcerer, which yeah. makes perfect sense. Yeah. But uh, I know during my upgrade, I uh, one of them it's. I, uh, I took that observant feat because I wanted to be able to research. Yeah. And that's what you get. Uh, it's perception and investigation. I'm like, I, I have to, I have no intelligence. I have to have at least one skill that has some intelligence. And it does kind of make sense for a dragonborn who had, you know, to live by their, their wits in the, in mm-hmm. the wild, that they would be really good at, at observing. Yeah. And it's also, I mean, on a side note, it's also made some, made some very funny moments. Like, okay, everyone roll perception. I go to roll the die and I look up and everyone's like, okay, what? 5,000? <laughs> like, yeah. No, it's just a 28. <laughs> Same <like>. thing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, anyway, it came down to you and Arlen le- left standing versus Which is the amazing. elder brain. Yeah. Cause Arlen has yeah. the least hit points, but he was one of the last ones standing. Yeah. But also I think he has enough intelligence that he was able to save a couple yeah. more times more often than the rest of the party. But then you basically had to use your um, remaining magic items and yeah. your, in your case, your rage to get everybody out of there. That w- I think I had a, uh, cause we're laughing about it. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point I was still wearing armor that I had basically football carried Adrian no one. And yes. he had teleport. He had that one spell slot. That's so he teleported with Bryce. Yeah. And, just ran and that's when we ran into the mind traveler again mm-hmm. yeah did you think you're going to be able to make it out of there with no it bad as well? yeah. I, I i thought i thought okay well, maybe we can take this thing but then i realized how low i was and how everyone else was like uh obviously there's going to be something coming out where the story's going to end right here there's only been a couple times where i thought tpk was going to happen this was definitely the number one and well and, and that was an example of setting up an encounter that you're designed to lose yeah and but there's a trick that gets you out of it. And in this case, it was a mind traveler. Mm-hmm. And it turned out that the Gith had showed up in order to take out this Illithid hive, and uh, you just ended up right in the middle of their firefight. Happy to let them have it. Yep. And uh, then um, you made it back to the surface, and you ended up in the Excalibarium Calice War. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, so. Um, Arlen was uh, ticking away to explosion time, so you had to split the party, which you're never supposed to do, but we brought in the tabaxi so Mm -hmm. that each side could be uh, balanced again, and half of them went with Arlen to keep him from blowing up, and then the other half went, and you got involved in the Excalibarium Calice War. That was fun. That was a lot of fun playing both those characters, and I I really liked the ability to bring in the Dragonborn at that point. Yeah. I thought that was a really great way to introduce them to the world again. Yeah, and so that way I kind of planned on... The dragonborn breaking their um, hermitage there mm-hmm. in the mountains, and this seemed to be the the time yeah. to do it. And and also it was kind of it's kind of fun. Um, it was also yeah. very similar to what they did a thousand years ago. Yeah. But except this time they were coming as saviors. Yeah. So yeah, kind of kind of neat completing that yeah. circle. And <laughs> the uh, because we had a we had a moment with uh, a young red dragonborn Samash. Mm-hmm. and whatnot but i wasn't expecting what you started throwing at me after the fight was over which was they were bowing to me some of them called i think some called me lord or king or something like that yeah well like, you, you you uh are legendary in their ranks now yeah. i mean you, you've got a, a dragon as a bride essentially mm-hmm. and um you uh have you know walked fearlessly through the lowlands and not been killed so yeah back in back in uh, the mountains your your name is being whispered to us with uh, some great reverence which yeah um yeah, as, right, as then said, was, yeah. right then with the matron mothers right there it was like 
And I, and I know that, and by, for everyone listening, I know that's an oxymoron or whatever you yeah. call it, matron mothers, but it just sounds good. Yes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, anyways, and, and they were not pleased by that at all, were no. they? No, they weren't. And uh, But that also brings up, because I know it's not hasn't been fully addressed, and I'm fully expecting that to come up at some point, too. At some point, you got to go home, and yeah, it could well, be. Well, yeah, especially, could, could, could especially be, after the change. Could, could be a, uh, a this, bit of a uh, to-do when you get there. Yeah, but uh, it's funny because, like I said, from going from not knowing where this character was going to see where this character now is going, it's a uh, it's a really fulfilling f- sensation. Even if even if the character becomes completely ostracized, in my mind, this is exactly what Craval would want. No matter how bad or good it goes, he will be quite happy with the end result. Mm-hmm. So, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Um, anyway, so you survived the war barely. This mm-hmm. was another almost TPK when you fought the Baroness. And I mean, only initial yeah. order saved you. The I think it was no one was left standing. That who, was the absolute, well, yeah. where the uh, mine hive might have been the most dangerous for immediate overpowering just from how the battle went. Yeah. I thought we were losing at least, I really thought we were losing at least one character. It, it looked ugly. I mean, there yeah. was, what, two characters with two death saves against mm-hmm. already and... Like I said, it came down to initiative order. I think it was yeah. like no one put... Um, and some good rolls, yeah, finally. Because that, that, that yeah. was another fight where rolls were not going our way. Yeah, and used a healing potion to ra- to bring up... I think it was you who was mm-hmm. next in the order who then used a healing spell to bring up the, the paladin who was next in the order. I actually ran then- out of spells. Okay. I uh, I remember that because I was running out of spells and cause, uh, Adri was, I think, was the last one I did. And for her, I was like, okay, she's really badly hurt. So I used that third level spell. I can't remember what it's called, but I basically I take necrotic damage. Oh yes, mm-hmm. but she gets double the healing from the necrotic damage. Yeah. So that was actually a pretty interesting moment there too for the characters. But yeah, so yeah, it just came down to that order to, Life to bring everyone. That's what's called. Yeah, bring everyone back up. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very and it was also a very sobering moment for the group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and then you got back to Porta Magnum and found out that. One of you all had to be Baron of Excalibarium Calice. That brought it back up to my mind yeah. about whether or not, because like, well, Kavala wouldn't want. I'm like, wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> and the thought process. Well, now that you mention it, the thought process. Yeah, because remember, I'd said I was actually thinking about leading a raid, because that's what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, but now I'm thinking like, well, it's the entrance to his home. It it guards the main path up. Yeah. Why wouldn't Kavala want it in the long run? But ultimately, I thought. I thought giving it to Adrian and then getting her adopted in is, uh, is the better path because it, and, uh, um, not a political marriage per se, but that situation where the ties that bind her because there's a family mm-hmm. connection somehow that works more, makes more sense. And then because of how she was raised, even if she doesn't want to agree with it, she has the history to be a leader yeah. in that situation. Yep. Yep. And it's, it's kind of fun. I mean, Cotter can't do it because he has to be the mm-hmm. Baron of Porta Magnum. I don't know. You were you were panicked at that point. We're all like, Cotter it is, and you're like, oh, well, I saw it, dude. You're like, uh, no. <laughs> well, I, I'd already made that decision a long yeah. time ago, and so but we didn't know that. <laughs> but so, it, but it was hilarious. It's like you know, I, I could see everybody pointing at him and like, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that was that was a good one. And yep. then and then because I because yeah, then, then be Jesse's Cotter. like, I'm not sure I want this. And like, yes. yeah, but Adri is perfect for it yeah and and we think about it it's like no one and and uh 
and uh, Arlen immediately nodded, you know, and mm-hmm. did a nod it. And because, you know, Arlen's a farm boy. What does yeah. he know about rolling? And then Noan is an outcast. He's, like, yeah, he's an isolationist. Be, yeah, it would be in charge of something. I, I remember I remember two occasions throughout this campaign. Um, one, I forget where we were at, but I had, we were forced to make introductions. And, of course, everyone looked at me to be the mouth. And I, I gave everyone titles, uh, Master of the Unarmed Combat, mm-hmm. The Holy Knight. Arlen was the uh, bender of the universe, and I called Adri the Mistress of Shadows. Mm-hmm. And it stuck. I'm like, wow, what a great title. Yes. That was a great command. And then when we went down, I remember that, when we were down and below, um, everyone's like, well, who is this? And then I was like, we're, you know, Adri, Mistress of Shadow, leader of the House of War. And I was like, God, that sounds so good. Yes. But I was not about to approach her about becoming like a concubine or a wife, but I could totally make her a sister. Yeah. So. Anyway, so um, you got, got that more or less sorted out. And then you had to go uh, charge after the um, phylactery guarded by the fiery greed, which you had all pretty much assumed was a yeah. red dragon. But on the way there, you ended up at the gnome home. Yeah. The gnome home was... Uh... <laughs> I just remember every time Craval goes in there, he clenches. Yes. He's, I mean, he. If you ever go back, he's silent. He doesn't say a word. He just cannot wait to get away from the gnomes. He is so uncomfortable with them. They're tiny. They're small. They're way too loud. They destroy everything. This is how Craval sees it. Yes. Get me out of here. But he's, you know, he doesn't want to insult Cotter who or whoever's insulting. So he's like. Stays to the back, doesn't say a thing, doesn't touch anything. And to make matters worse, when you find their ancestral home, the very first uh, thing you come across is the, the office of Gnome Land Security. Yeah. And I remember seeing that and Owen just going, oh, this is going to be awful. <laughs> I, You know, I liked it, though. I yeah. like the puns because I, I, I have that same sense of humor. I like all the puns, the Crusher puns, the mm-hmm. Gnome Land, Gnome, Gnome on the Range, the whole nine yards. I thought it was really neat. And it was the first time everybody started looting things, not for like power, but just for like, you know what? This is historical. I could see the people wanting yes. this. Or just the so, novelty of it. Yeah. Or, or in, even trying to outthink them, like the little orb that did the force field. Yeah. That was really neat, too. Yeah. Just, oops, I've, I've made an, a, uh, a invention I can't even approach. Yeah. <laughs> and then you blow it up with a fire ray. That was hilarious. No, like <laughs> not me. Yes, not you, but uh, but you you the collective you. I I was thinking, man, I wonder if I could somehow turn it off and keep it. And boom. Nope. nope. <laughs> <laughs> didn't but, even have he didn't even have time to yeah. say it out loud. But then you finally get to face the red dragon, and I it, like dragon fights. I gotta tell you, I, it, I know they're yeah. dangerous, but man, finding a dragon is. I mean, no, no doubt that's what yeah. dungeons and dragons is all about. about. Yeah, yeah. We're in a dungeon. Just, it's a dragon. dragon. Let's do this. Yeah. Pull out the D20. Yeah. Um, and, uh, well, you, you finished the dragon fight, and it was finished way too quick. And I just remember the puzzlement of everyone after Cotter had stabbed and it went down, and everyone's like, wait, that you was know, way too easy. There there was a movie that came out. It was Lost in Space, and Matt LeBlanc was in it. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene where he's fighting off all these little spider creatures, and they all, of a sudden they all disappear, and he, and he says it. There's no way it's that easy. And that's what went through my head. Yeah. There's something more coming. And, of course, there was mm-hmm. a, a much bigger dragon but um that was also the first time craval used his burn really really thought about a different way of defeating this combat yeah and i, I was really really uh, uh pleased with that turn of events mm-hmm. and i won't lie it's also the, those turn of events was also showed just how slow craval is compared <laughs> to everybody else let me run slowly even even the paladin who hooked hitched a ride with i think 
Arlen just where's Craval at? And, you know, there's on the map. I wish I could show her the map. Everyone's way up ahead. They're being chased by a dragon and very back by the tail. There's Craval just limping, not even limping, just trying yes. to run along, not doing a great job. Yep. <laughs> but it was interesting, and and I I did feel that you were disappointed that you saving the life of the junior red dragon wasn't, wasn't. going to get the whole party amnesty. No, it. It wasn't disappointment. I was actually glad that I was happy the idea worked. I was I was like, oh, I should have, because I was the one that phrased that, mm-hmm. and you took it and took the phrase exactly how you would have taken it. And I was like, I, because I, I did not specifically say all of us. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I have diamonds. That's exactly how I thought about it. I have diamonds. Well, also, I mean, even if you had said all of us, you know. Red dragons are amazingly proud creatures, yeah. and you taking down one of their children. Yeah, you brought it back up, but somebody has to answer for mm-hmm. this insult, and the dragon was not about to let the rest of you get away. Yeah, it's like okay, I'll, I won't eat you, but the rest of them are, are hors d'oeuvres now. Yeah, um, but it, I, you I, uh, made it. I thought it, it was funny because I remember at that point, I think it was uh, Mel. Is when Melanie joined the party for the most part, and mm-hmm. she was so happy to be way away. Oh, I'm hilarious. great. I'm great. You're it was toast. hilarious. Yeah, and, and, and she then, just like. <laughs> Then the then the, the tunnel funneled the uh, yeah. breath weapon, which was another which was another great call. I don't I wouldn't think I would have thought of that, but that was a that made perfect sense too. Actually, it was I got a very smog like moment. Yeah, I, I got that one from Chris Perkins. Actually, he yeah. he used that in one of his uh, his uh, uh, podcasted adventures, and I'm like, oh yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you let off an explosion in an area that is too small to contain it, it's, it's going to funnel it either direction. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to hurt the red yeah. dragon, obviously. Yeah. But anyway, so you made it out. You got the phylactery. You got that taken care of. And then you had to go up in the mountains to get the one from the cloud giant castle. In order to get up there, you had to encounter that. flying steeds. Yeah. And actually, again, bad pun. That one actually really hurts. Yes. The Pegasi. What a great challenge. Yeah. Um, hysterical all the way around. Um, doing the whole wild hogs all the way up there. But that that was by far the greatest example of just dice not being with you yeah that entire well in, I mean, in, when in you the came fun- back and told us that in game time it was less only about a day it felt like we were there for months yeah that's how bad the die rolls were but uh, yeah, just it was, miserable it, it was interesting how they played out too because like you guys totally biffed your deception rolls to get in but oh, the, I, I knew the major domo yeah. also rolled poorly but the the guards that were there rolled well and i'm like well the guards can't really speak up because the major domo's in charge but i'm 100 percent sure that the guards are going to go to their captain that mm-hmm. evening and go hey listen those people that just arrived totally not on the up and up and the car- captain would then go oh let's put guards on their doors and if they try to sneak out in the night we know that they're actually spies kill them which is funny because we didn't actually we didn't a- actually try to sneak out in the night. I think mm-hmm. we stepped out to go. You tried up to say one no door. Yeah. yeah, and, and yeah. we got attacked. And that was actually one point where I was actually really angry because I had a really good roll about trying to blow through the revolving door, yep. and he told me it didn't work, and I bounced off, and I was actually that should have worked. That's because the ice, ice devil cast yeah. a uh, yeah ice wall on it, mm-hmm. so you bounced off the ice wall. But that was also when um, for the first time in the entire campaign, Jesse became the war leader. Yeah. She led the, I mean, she just, she went super scion on that entire yeah. fight. It was really cool. Especially considering she didn't have another monk to play off of. So, yeah. you know, kind of need to see at, her at on that her point, own. You know, at that point, as Kraval uh, was like, I'm not in any way, shape, or form going to interrupt this. Yeah. This is her. I mean, she led the charge. And I, as Kraval was actually sitting back, and 
it's not like I take any credit for Escraval, but at the same time, he was so proud to watch her do it. Mm-hmm. And that's mm-hmm. shortly after that's when she got her her owl on her shoulder and her upper uh, collar area. But it was a lot of yeah. fun. That was a, that was a fun fight just because of just because Jesse mm-hmm. was made that. And then of course Melanie had her great moments too. I was like. I actually, at one point, I was looking at Bryce and myself going, we should just sit back and watch. Yeah. Because <laughs> they were taking everything out. It was great. And, of course, it can't last. Yeah. Because <laughs> then the Giants came back around. <laughs> exactly. But uh, but anyway, so you uh, the thing we've been dancing around, though, is Noan's backstory came out. Mm-hmm. And what did you think about that? The last of the backstories. Oh, man. It's, I cannot tell you how gleeful i am at how just not great his backstory is well that was the worst part it's like like i said to everybody so humbling when when you gave me your backstory six years ago i wrote out where in the adventure they're going to come up and why and you know i was thinking to myself it's like you know if this guy why would a devil you know, create yeah. a, a, a an offspring. An offspring on it's like it wouldn't be a prince of the underdark because you know they or the underworld because you know they they've got bigger fish to fry. It would be like a middle manager who's trying to get a promotion. Yeah. And so I I wrote that all up as that. And then as we're going through, Matt's like, and my dad's Asmodeus. I'm like, oh dear. But oh, that he's was, just he keeps building this up more. And yeah, more. exactly. And, and when we first meet Noan, he's very aloof. He's you know doesn't care about anybody really. He's probably is at that point at level one. He was probably the closest he was skirting to being evil. Mm-hmm. Um, to like the fact of going back to when we um, did the accidental usurpation, he was breaking people's necks and not yeah. caring. And I and I was jumping forward to do spare the dying, spare the dying. So he, yeah. we didn't necessarily kill everybody, but that was no one. Well, and that came around and bit him in the backside, literally. Yeah. Um. You know, in the fight with the uh, with the uh, dwarves when you're t- when you're un- unmasking the uh, fake baron. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of you were all using non-lethal damage against the guards because you felt that the guards probably weren't mm-hmm. in cahoots. And but not knowing, he was taking him down. And then, of course, what happened was the child of one of those guards swore vengeance on him, li- linked up with a succubus, got you know assassin training, and, and almost took him out. Yeah. And, and only only you actually hearing some kerfuffle going on next High door perception. saved him. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, but by the time, but now. Now, like said, he's gone the path of being good. I, I don't know if he's lawful good or neutral good, but he's he's becoming, even though he has a, the devilish looks, he's becoming a paragon of what it is to be a good person, mm-hmm. which is way different than five years ago. Yeah. So yeah, like I said, in a lot of cases, a lot of reasons, this whole five years has been no on story, which yeah. has been interesting. And it's also, I think, I think it, 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 I think it humbled Max. I, I don't yeah. think Matt was really expecting something grand, and it, it was just. It can't. They, it was. It was just. It was great. Uh, he rolled with it, and it was great. My dad's a middle manager at Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will get him a promotion. But uh, I also had a good moment there because I think Craval got the kill shot on that, um, and he made sure that Dad heard that he. You might have sired him, but he's my brother, and and that's when I made sure. I think. And I think we even had a moment after combat. It's like, hey, it doesn't matter where you're from. You're you're your family now. Your family. Yeah. You're you're a snow owl clan member and i think that's what really also pushed it with the character because he, he he's mentioned in previous and i really listened to it that he was waiting for caval to approach him to because he he's seeing family he wanted the family because he never had it mm-hmm. and then caval finally did it and he was so excited to do it and that was a good point to reiterate to him to make sure he understood 
doesn't matter where you're from. It's where you are now. Yeah. You're my brother. You're not his son. You're my brother. Uh, but then you guys snuck out of the uh, castle with great st- stealth and dexterity. Oh, no, we did not. <laughs> that was, that, that was, and actually, you almost the, did. You almost did. And once again, just the one. And, and that remember was the I said about, about Cabal wanting to, to, to just look at Arlen and be like, why? Why? Yep. Why are you here? That was like when, he, and he has the. I mean, I have no decks, but he has the highest chance of rolling a high roll. He's not as bad as Will Wheaton. I've seen how bad Will Wheaton rolls, but yeah. he's at least in this campaign. Owen just doesn't roll well usually, and like he rolled a one at the worst time. I mean, yeah. just par for course. Yes, but I'm like, oh, and, and it's like we were right there. And well, the, the best part was you started and you went the wrong way down the hall. Mm-hmm. You could have gone the other way and there was another mm-hmm. set of stairs down. You could have avoided the guards entirely. Mm-hmm. So you went the wrong way down the hall and you get there. And then you guys came up with a brilliant plan with Adri doing an illusion down there. I'm like, yes, this will work. All you have to do is do a stealth roll to sneak past him and you're there. And then come back. Natural one. Yeah. It's I just, think he rolled a one and then he rolled a three. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it was. So combat time. And. Uh, you know, thankfully, I had actually set up the whole castle, and um, so because yeah. one other possibility you had of sneaking in was to fight your way in, yeah. just to land the Pegasus on the top of the tower or the front gate mm-hmm. and just fight your way in. So, I had written up all the stats so we could have a running battle, but boy, that became a lot more of a running battle than I thought it would. Yeah, it was, it, uh, it, but it was good because again, it was, uh, and that was actually when it made me really realize that because I wasn't level ten yet as a cleric, mm-hmm. I was like, these barbarian levels are really becoming a hindrance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, the the rage did did do a lot for me in the low medium levels, but that was when uh, that warning people give you to make sure if you're going to multi class, you do something that's going to benefit or complement mm-hmm. barbarian and caster isn't one of them. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that um, well, yeah, well, might as well jump forward to that. So you made it out of the uh, cloud giant castles, got rid of that phylactery, which was a phylactery. Arlen again. may have flubbed the freaking sneak, but man, he got us out of there yeah, alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And actually, you've used that about five times now to get yeah. out of places. Yeah, mm-hmm. as, as as often as Matt or yeah forgets that that happens. Like Arlen's, yeah, gotten you guys out of a yeah, bunch I, of places yeah. with that. And uh, then uh, you made it back to Port of Magnum, and then um, you uh, got called in by Galchabar. And on the middle of the trip, the middle of the night, on the the trip over to the Tabaxi Treehouse, finally. It's like in the beginning of the whole thing, I told you, well, now that you saved the Tabaxi Treehouse, it's available to you. And everyone's like, finally, at the very end of the whole adventure, you think to go there. Mm-hmm. And uh, But then Craval had his metamorphosis. Yes. Well, right, bef- was it, yeah, right before that, um, had, I, finally, I finally got a moment with Arlen and Craval where I got the medallion for him mm-hmm. and, por- and uh, Faramond's. Yes. And that, that was important because I thought it was important that we wanted to address with uh, Owen player to player that i'm not ignoring him or don't mm-hmm. like him but uh two is it made sense for Kaval who's you know you're only as strong as your weakest link and to him even though he casts tremendous magics yeah. arlen's the weakest link yeah so and plus again going back to the unicorn and that and situation and all that so uh doing that was a good moment with arlen because i thought it kind of while he'll while he'll never be a, a snow owl member it was a way of Kaval saying you're still a member of my war party mm-hmm. i do respect you in fact i went to make sure of it i went out of my way to get you this so that might save your life actually has saved his uh, life already i don't know if it saved his life but it definitely just keeps him that yeah. far much further away yeah um because i think it literally doubled his hit points it did yeah so yeah but the, yeah then we had then i that at that point when um when i was really thinking about 
those barbarian levels and I was uh, sitting across from Mel. I'm like, I'm going to try a divine intervention. You're like, okay, go ahead and roll it. And I rolled it. And, and voila. I, I rolled a zero four, a zero zero four. And Melanie looked and she's like, oh. I'm like, yeah. don't say anything because we were recording at the time. I don't want her. So mm-hmm. that's when I passed you the note. We talked about it. And I really, I was happy and thankful and grateful. I still am that you let me do it. But I was like, I'm going to get rid of these barbarian levels. And um, that was the, f- and the, you say metamorphosis, but yeah, that's exactly what it is. Because now Creval is exactly, I think at that, he's the pinnacle of what he should be. Um, story's not over. And I know there's a few more things, but. I see where, as you called it, the legend of Craval. Mm-hmm. I see the end site now, and I'm very happy with it. No matter how it comes about, yeah. live, dead, kicked out, welcomed, he'll, his uh, his legacy isn't going to be this singular icon. His legacy is that everybody he touched, including the nation that means so much to him, are going to survive and be stronger. That's that's yep. that's what he's that's his whole legacy. That's why he doesn't have any magical items. He still does not wear armor. Uh, he refuses to wear armor. He came in this world as a dragonborn with no armor. He's gonna go out as a dragonborn with no armor. Um, in fact, the, the the only magical item he's gonna potentially get that he'll keep will be that his uh, the weapon of <laughs> der. <laughs> Sorry, <Yep. laughs> the weapon doi. of der. Doi, 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 doi. doi. <laughs> And I and I gotta say I, when when I when I read I that know, down, I heard like, I heard the the it, dungeon master notes. It, it's it you know it sounded you know deliciously Celtic and all that stuff, yeah. but then then actually it yeah, is it really is. But you gave it to the person that's gonna say, doi. It, it, yeah. <laughs> if you had given it to Melanie, like the bow of doi or the mm-hmm. rings of the doi boy or whatever, yeah. I mean it may not have been, but you gave it to me and I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yep, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to try when it's my turn. I'm going to try to keep the face and play through with it. But between what you did with my sister, the sister character and the character in the, in low quacks, sorry, Doi's going to be mine. Yep. <laughs> That's my revenge. But I'm, uh, yeah, it was, it was nice to actually have that happen because it's like, what a great way example of showing what, uh, choices and consequences. Yep. Definitely. Um, and, uh, anyway, um, so, uh, you, uh, got out of the cloud giant castle, got over to the rings mm-hmm. of fire, and now you have to track down all these powerful items yeah. and you're in the middle of, uh, Arlen's, uh, quest in the ziggurat. Yeah. That, so. that, that battle right there, um, because the coming up to this, where the staff was, I've used a couple of high level slots. I'm for as hard as they're hitting, the creatures are against us and how we're trying to hit back and it just mm, not 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 a good fight <laughs> yes and we'll have to see where we are with that yeah uh, and the I fact guess. That, and, and it's a very small platform well not a very small but it's a smallish platform there's not a lot of maneuvement which means that certain spells are going to be more difficult to get off and oof. yeah it's going to be fun to see what happens but yeah. as we say in order to see what happens we'll have to wait for the next, the next episode, episode.